This is Jocko Podcast number 52 with Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. Good evening, Echo. Good evening. So, today is the 52nd episode of the Jocko Podcast, which means that it's been one year since we put out one every week. And people have been asking me, you know, hey, you gonna do anything special for the one year anniversary? A special guest or a special book is, you know, what are you gonna do special on this day? Mm-hmm. And my answer is yes. We, we are gonna do something special because today is special. But today isn't special because it's the 52nd podcast. You see, just, just like I don't go overboard with special holidays, like birthdays or Christmas or Valentine's Day or Veterans Day or even Memorial Day. Today isn't special because it's the 52nd podcast. Today is special because it's today. Today is special because we are alive. Because we're breathing. And when you're here and you're alive and you recognize that, recognize that, that you're alive today, that makes every day special, makes every day a miracle, makes every day a gift. And that might seem like a, like a trite platitude but it isn't and if you've seen brave young men who give their lives on the battlefield for their brothers or you've seen stoic young children facing some kind of terminal disease or you have had death attack your life with its multitude of heartless weapons, cancer and disease and suicide and accidents and addiction and murder and war. And if you've seen those things, then you know it isn't a platitude and it isn't cliche, you know it's true. Every day is a special day. Every day is a gift. Every day is awesome. And so what are we going to do special for this podcast right here? The same thing that we always do. We're going to give it everything we've got. We're going to leave it all on the mat. We prepared. We invested. We studied. We thought. And we're going to get after it. Why? Not because this is number 52. Not because it's been one year. Not because we made it this far but because this is the one. It's the one, the one life we have. This is the one shot we get at today. This day, now. And so, we are going to get after it, like we always do, and we're gonna make it count. So, 
Echo, let's do this. Now, I did go a little bit long with the last last podcast. You know, we were introducing the Korean War, the coldest war on that last episode. So I went a little, I went a little crazy on that one. Amen. We all need to hear about that. We're gonna hear some more. But today, we're going straight to Q and A from from the interwebs. So, Echo Charles. What do you got? Question number one. Go. All right. Okay, first question. Jocko, how did you have time to train in martial arts while deployed? I figure that you were too busy with combat to even think about training while deployed. Thank you for the information. Okay, so um, a couple things. I always brought mats with me when we deployed and it was really good you know because once i was in a leadership position i could kind of make that happen pretty easily wait how does that how does that happen do you just say hey bring I, some mat. I do you tell somebody had mats no i had mats and i actually got mats from the team and then we would just put them on a big pallet when you deploy you you go on you you put all your gear on these big pallets so mm -hmm. some of those pallets would have mats put on them mats. <laughs> okay, and damn. then when we would go on deployment now pre-war it was, you know, we'd, we'd go on deployment, we'd just bring mats and train wherever we could train. And then once the war started, and I still brought mats. I was like, hey, war? There's, it's not like they're gonna have us working 24 hours a day. So, and if they did, we just wouldn't be able to train, but I was prepared for training. And what, what I did, both my deployments to Iraq, is I had a, what's called a GP medium tent, which is basically a really, really big tent. And they have air conditioning and they have dual walls, so it stays kind of cool. And I just made that into a little mini fight room, put mats out. And then I would just train when there was downtime. And there is downtime when you're on deployment. I mean, there is definitely downtime when you're on deployment. And like, what are you going to do with your downtime is the question. Now, some guys with their downtime, they decide to do something that's maybe not super productive. <laughs> and I'll give you an example of that. There was some guys on my first deployment to Iraq. And they played Halo. It's a video game. Have you heard of it? Yes. Okay. It's a first-person shooter video game. Yeah. And so my guys were so, they just played, anytime we weren't working, which, you know, our missions at that point, we're doing little direct action missions. They'd only take a few hours, even, you know, the planning and, you know, every two or three days. So you, you, you had time, right? And so all the time, and they had the, they had wires set up so they could play different um, each other in yeah. different tents. Yeah. yeah, it was really ridiculous. <clears throat> and meanwhile, the guys that were a little bit more hardcore, we were training the jujitsu. But sure. but but these guys, and actually these guys were good mugs too. But what's funny is, so I kind of thought like, what is wrong with these guys? Why are they doing this? But you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden, they had a the the group above us, the group that was in charge of the seals that were there. Um, it's called the Siege of Soda, the Combined Joint Special Operations Task Force. That group, they hosted a Halo tournament. <laughs> nice. Like, in all the different special operations groups went and did this Halo tournament. And I don't know if I'm proud of this or not proud of this, mm -hmm. but two of my guys that entered the tournament, they, they, they won. But not only did they want win, I guess the way you play Halo, you get, you can die multiple times. Mm -hmm. And so after a certain number of times, like you play to a certain number of deaths, I guess. Mm -hmm. But anyways, the, in the finals, 
these two guys beat the other guys that were from some army group or, or something. They beat them 50 deaths to two. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just saying to myself, really? Mm. Uh, so anyways, uh, the next deployment, guys were playing some other. I, I never, I, I don't play video games, but the other guys played. In, when we were in Ramadi, guys were playing, I, th- I want to say John Madden football. That's a good one. Yeah, see, I don't know because I don't mm. play video games. Check it. Echo Charles. But uh, but what I was doing during those times, during those downtimes, is yes, bring um, bring mats and train jujitsu. And there's always guys, even though there'd be plenty of guys playing video games, and we'd, we'd train jujitsu for sure. And you should make time for it because you know what? You, you, you think about... Um, being under a stressful situation, well, what's gonna help you with a stressful situation? A physical outlet, a little mental break, and guess what? Guess what gives you a physical outlet and gives you a mental break? Doing some jujitsu. So, you know, of course, there's times where we'd go and we'd go in the field or we'd have multiple back-to-back-to-back-to-back operations and we wouldn't be able to train, no big deal, of course, the job takes the total priority over it. But, um, yeah, so I would always train, and, and I'll tell you one more thing. When I would go on deployment, like let's say you're a guy that trains and you go on deployment, well, there's gonna be somebody that will train with you. Even if they're never trained before, yeah. somebody's gonna go, yeah, I'll train with you. Yeah. And those guys, that's, that happened to me, you know, where I went on deployment with a bunch of guys that didn't know anything, and I just was teaching them. And when I came back from a six-month deployment, this is before the war, I was definitely way better than I was before I left. So even though I was only training with guys that were not even close to as good as me, just training all the time, and just going with guys, you know, strong, tough team guys made me better. And when I got back, I had improved a lot in comparison with the guys that I was training with before I left that were training all the time while I was gone. So you can make improvement even if you just have bodies to move around yeah. and you can focus on your offense, you can put yourself in bad positions. So there's a bunch of ways to get better while you're doing it. So yeah, mm-hmm. man, you can train. You can train on deployment for sure. We just had a couple guys come back from deployment from the Marine Corps and you know they they were out on a shipboard deployment. They trained all the time. You know yeah. they just came back to Victory MMA and they they've been training the whole time. They got good too. They yeah. they improved their game a lot. Yeah, I seen guys train. I think it was Army guys. They're training and they train with the jacket on and they use the jacket yeah, as a gear. For sure. Diff- I mean, different but kind of the same. Oh yeah, it's the same. Yeah. We you know, and I've done that too. Uh, in fact, the early days of jujitsu for me, I spent. That's why when no gi started getting popular, I kind of knew no gi because we used to train in. BDU pants, so yeah, yeah. like camouflage pants and a T-shirt. That yeah, was sort yeah. of that sort of seemed like a good compromise. Sure. And then, and plus Dean and I trained no gi a lot. Even though Dean was Dean was training no gi because he wrestled and, and then wasn't and, he doing MMA and stuff too? Right? Mm, what he did, he did no gi way before he did uh, before he did MMA. Oh, I mean, wow. we were training no gi. I don't even know what I have to ask Dean where the idea came because mm-hmm. even in sambo you wear a jacket, right? Right. Yeah, on the top. And he was a sambo guy too. Interesting. Do you guys go like all when you train? Like, hey, I'm a you know, I'm just a, one of the team guys. I don't train jujitsu, and you're like, hey, let's go train. Do, what do you do full on training? Like for six, you know, eight minute rounds or you yeah, know, yeah. Like, what do and, you do? Uh, it's the same thing. I mean, I've talked about it before. Like, I would get guys that were training, even if they're a lower level, and I would just train with all of them and just yeah. line them up and go. Yeah. And then they'd be training with each other too, you know. And I would teach little classes and say, right, hey, right. this is how you do this, and yeah. you know, y- you know me, I kind of like to roll. Uh, yeah. more but so i would always end up rolling a lot mm-hmm. but 
you know, you get good tough team guys that wrestled or they're high school yeah. wrestler or they oh, yeah. did judo. So there's guys and they they always bring it. It's always yeah. good training with them. Yeah, and they're moving. They're, yeah, you know, they're sure. not like rest. and they got great cardio and well, they're strong. Well, yeah. And then you know, anytime there was Marines around or or soldiers around, there were some Rangers down the street from me. I, I trained with a few of those guys a couple times. So yeah, man, getting after it. You yeah. can definitely you got to find a way to do it, and then you make time to do it. Next question. My boss instituted mandatory uncompensated monthly meetings with the added warning that if we miss them, there'd be repercussions. While this isn't an unjust move on his part, I'm choosing to remain silent and not complain. I decided that this is not enough of a, of a pressing issue for me to speak out against. That way, the next time I decide to actually raise an issue over something, it'll have more of an impact. This was influenced by your decision to only ask for or ask your leadership for help only when absolutely necessary. Because of this, when you did ask for something, your request was taken much more seriously. Do you think this was the right way to lead up the chain of command in this scenario? Yeah, I think that's a, a very good way to lead up the chain of command in that scenario. And you got to choose your battles uh, because it is possible in any job to to cry wolf. Right, it's possible mm -hmm. to say, "Oh, we, this is this is way we can't do this," and it's it's possible if you complain about everything, eventually you're not getting listened to anymore. So, what I would do here, definitely attend the meetings. Right, you show up for the meetings, you attend the meetings, you see what they're about, see what the deal is. What is he trying to accomplish? Maybe he has some really good thing that he's trying to accomplish. He's got to put out word, or we don't know yet. Maybe his vision is that this only he's going to, only going to hold these mandatory meetings until he gets a flow and he gets everybody on board, and then he can go. Cool, we don't have to do this anymore. You guys got it. I don't know what his vision is. You know what's he trying to make happen? Let's give him that credit as the leader to say, hey. You know, you're calling this meeting. We're going to show up there. We're going to do our best to participate and and get the most out of the meeting. F find out what it's all about. So go to the meetings. And then now you got your guys. So you might be a little bit worried about your guys, right? Saying, hey, why are you making us attend this meeting that the boss said we got to go to? And on that one, what I would likely do is make everyone attend a few of them. And I would do it, say, hey, guys, the boss is having a meeting. No, we're not going to get paid. But look, we're going to get word. We're going to find out what's going on. So I want everyone's, everyone's got to be there, right? So you don't pass the buck. You 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 maintain the the responsibility of what's happening. You own it. And then maybe maybe after a little while, though, you look at the boss and you say, hey, boss, you know what? These meetings are good to go. I'm getting a lot out of them, but I'm not going to make my I don't want to make my guys go. I want to pass the word to them. So is that all right if I have them skip the meetings, but I'll be there and then I'll put out the information and, you know, most likely you'll get a hey, that sounds good, especially if you've been attending the meetings right. and you've been participating, you've been raising your hand and saying taking notes and saying, yeah, we got that boss. We can make that happen. If you've been we, is that kissing ass? No, no, no. It's building a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Now, there is a, dis a distinction, right, between kissing ass and building a relationship. And don't kiss ass because you're not building a relationship when you kiss ass. As a matter of fact, people are turned off by it. So mm -hmm. you don't want to be that guy. Mm -hmm. Hey, boss, what a wonderful meeting. <laughs> I got so much out of it. No, 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 no. Yeah, Participate yeah. and get in the game. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I'm not yeah. saying kiss ass because kiss ass isn't going to get you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to look bad. Yeah. I mean, are there some bosses that that feed off of that? Yes, there are. And well, you got to you might have to play that game a little bit. You might have to play that game a little. Bit. Not yeah. going to feel good. That's why we have to put our ego in check. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's what I would do. So I think you made the right call. Let's get in. Go to go to a bunch of these meetings. See what they're all about. And and maybe you know eventually you're saying, hey boss, you know these are uncompensated. We could probably 
utilize these hours better if we did some this or we did that. Yeah, so yeah. this is a good, good, straightforward method. I think you made the right call and let us know how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. The kissing ass thing. Everyone knows you're kissing ass. And Everyone even, does. Even if the bot, I mean, really what you're doing is you're trading your long-term respect. You're trading that in for that short-term uh, popularity, yep. you know, with, yep. with just the boss, by the way. Uh-huh. Like all your the, all people because your popularity is going down. Uh, everyone else looking else. at you like, look at that guy, mm-hmm. kissing ass. Look at him. Even the boss, even if he likes that's it, there's a big part yeah, of his yeah. brain is like, all right, I don't really. So that's what I'm right. saying. That you don't have to kiss ass, right? You don't have to kiss ass. But you know what you, uh, uh, what does the boss want? Someone that's kissing their ass and saying, "Wow, what a wonderful idea," or someone that's actively participating yep. like a professional. Yep. That's what they want. Yeah. That's what they want. Yeah, so man, do that. Got to be down for the cause. <clears throat> exactly. If you're like, dang, I'm down for the cause. I, I'll tell you when I have a problem with something, I'll tell you why, you know, that kind of thing. But ultimately, if you're down for the cause, your boss's cause or the whole cause or whatever, um, that's by the And so you. much of it changes with your attitude. Yeah. If your attitude is like, oh, man, this is, well, we got to go to this meeting. Yeah, We're yeah, not yeah. Paid. But if your attitude is like, hey, this is really cool that the, lead, that the boss is stepping up. He's trying to get us engaged in this. I'm going to go in there and get after it. That, that, that just totally changed your attitude right there. Yeah. I've done that a million times. Played that little game in my head. Said, all right, my boss is an idiot. You know what? I'm an idiot. Let's go. Let's make right, this right. happen. Mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to get after it. What is What stupid thing is he going to tell me? You know what I'm going to do with that stupid thing he tells me to do? I'm going to crush it. it. I did that at when I was going to officer candidate school. <laughs> and there's this thing at officer candidate school where you have to yell everything that you say. They yeah, call yeah. it being ballistic. They say you got to be ballistic yeah, at all yeah. times. And it's pretty cool why they do it, actually. They do it because you get some people that are coming into the military. Because when you go to OCS, most of the people that are going through OCS with have never been in the military before. They're coming from college, and they graduated college, and now they're going to OCS. So they got 13 right. weeks to get turned into an officer. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they make you yell everything. Why do they do that? The reason they make you yell everything is because there's some people that aren't confident when they speak. Gotcha. And so everything that they're going to say, they're going to be shy about saying it. Well, at OCS... You've actually got to yell everything that you say because you can't go on the bridge of a ship and say, uh, can can we turn the ship, you know, 90 degrees to the port? No, no, no. You have to speak up. You have to say, hey, we're turning 90 degrees port. I don't actually know what the command is because I I wasn't a a surface warfare officer. But, (laughs) you know, you say, hey, we're going to turn 90 degrees port. You can't say it in a timid way. And so the way they beat that out of you is by making you yell every single thing that you do when you're in officer candidate school. So (laughs) what what we did was the upperclassmen that control you when you're going through, there's like a class that's getting ready to graduate and they kind of control you when the drill instructors aren't there. And so they also make little money for their fund. And the way they make money for the fund is selling soda and candy in this little this little closet, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's 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 authorized. So my class, I said, hey guys, when you go into, I was the class president. I said, when you go, <laughs> well, yeah. I, I said, when you go into the office to buy candy or soda, which I don't recommend, but if you do, <laughs> if you do do it, go in there and be ballistic. Yeah, yeah. And they were, they were like, why? I go, do it, because those are the rules. And so everyone lined up, and they went in this little closet, and they're yelling at them, I would like one Coca-Cola and one Snickers bar, sir. And after 10 people, the, the person that's in there, the upperclassman comes out and goes, you guys are no longer allowed to be ballistic. <laughs> and that was the way that we won. Yeah, by yeah. Being, you know, just kidding. And I actually did that in Buds, too, where I do stuff to the to the extreme, you know, right, right. like you got to get wet and sandy in buds, yeah, yeah. and which means you got to get jump in the ocean and then roll around in the sand. 
Well, <laughs> I would jump in the ocean. I would roll around in the sand. And then when you get back to the instructor that told you to go get wet and sand, you'd have to go back to them and say, who ya instructor Charles to make sure that they knew that you got wet and sandy. Mm-hmm. So what I would do is I'd go, I, I didn't do it immediately, but I, when I figured out that I could do this, I did it. I would go, I would get wet, I would get sandy, I would completely, I would completely cover my, every square inch of my body with sand. Mm-hmm. And then I would put, sand into my mouth. I would fill my, <laughs> sa- my mouth with sand mm. and when I'd run up to say hoo to the instructor, when I'd say hoo dry <laughs> sand would come out of my mouth. It was, uh, it was pretty fun. So I like to have that attitude. Like, yeah. oh, you wanna make me do something? Great, I'll yeah. do it yeah. and I'm gonna do it with, with vigor and right, enthusiasm. Right. And, and then we literally, in my, in my buds class, when at a certain point, they told us we weren't allowed to get wet and sand anymore. Uh, they, they literally <laughs> told us that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they said, no, you guys, you weren't allowed to get wet anymore. Yeah. And and we were saying, what's wrong? And was, no, right. it's, you're not allowed. And that, right, so it actually, cool. yeah, okay, well, yeah. I did it anyways. It's kind of like they're they're like kind of push, pushing you down this hill with this expectation that you're going to be putting yeah. on the brakes or something. Run to the fire. Yeah. So like the more they push you down the hill, the more your natural tendency hopefully is going to be to put on the brakes. That's why all that works. You know, like, oh, go get wet and sandy. Like, oh, that sucks. But if you're like, wet and sandy time, let's do this kind of thing. Then it's like, ah. Oh. And then in a way you can put on the brakes when they say stop. Like, okay, whew, I don't got to get wet and sandy anymore. One of my uh, buddies, we... So there's something called flights where you run up this hill and you carry uh, pallets. You know what a pallet is, right? They're, I don't know, they're made of wood or steel. Yeah. We had both there. They call them flights and they actually have a little flight tower. Just a little the tiny, drill a is little called tiny, flights? It's called flights. And yeah, you, okay. you put this thing on your back so you look like an airplane and you run up this hill and come back down. Right, right. Flying. And you do it as a squad. And when you get back to the bottom, they'd say, okay, who came in last place? Wait, how many, like one guy, was, one pallet? Yeah, one guy per pallet. And they'd be like, who, okay, who came in last place? Mm-hmm. And I'd say, I came in last place. <laughs> and then you got to do it again. Yeah, yeah. But the funniest was when you came back down, if you were slow or they just wanted to hammer you more, they'd say, hey, you're on fire. Go go put it out. And which means you got to run then your pallet down to the ocean. Oh, God. And so, so one time I came back down and well one time i came back down and i said they said you have to request permission to land and one time i came back down and said uh i can't land i'm on fire and they go okay go take it to surf but what was even better than that was a, a couple days later i came back down and i said request permission to touch and go which in which in pilots is you know you you land and then you take right back off so i just right. they go permission granted yeah, <laughs> and i yeah, turned yeah. right around and went back up there yeah. that was pretty funny isn't it doesn't that like just because basically the, that starts with just embracing the attitude. Right? Yeah. That, that's what it kind of starts with. Have a good and time yeah, with it. Yeah, doesn't it result in all this, this crap? Let's face it, man. That's that go get wet and sandy. I mean, from a normal standpoint. Yeah, is like, is allegedly not, cool. not fun. Yeah. It's so fun. Neither is the flights. Bro, you explained that the flights <laughs> is not cool. But doing it that way, it's just as hard kind of physically. But it's a little bit the experience... <laughs> It's a little bit harder, <laughs> but the experience is way better, though. You know and then, I mean? and then, yeah, we but we always had a good time when we were doing. Like we we used to go when we were on a ship. Then yeah. you'd go and the ship do something called an unrep, where you they load gear, they load food and supplies and fuel from another ship, and we would go help. But we would turn it into like a sport where right, we're right. trying to move as much boxes as we can, and guys, we're all sweating and just getting after it. Yeah. And instead of being, instead of being. 
Because it's 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 whatever. It sucks, right? Because you got to right. go up there and move a bunch of boxes like a moving party, basically. Yeah. But we actually turn it into a moving party. Yeah. <laughs> Emphasis yeah. on party. We would go out and have fun, be laughing, throwing stuff, and yeah. and just basically getting after it, yeah. even though it was just labor. But why not have a good time? Bro, that's a good idea. <laughs> you gotta you gotta really man up with it for sure. But once you if you can kind of flip that switch. Wow, that's good. Yeah, it changes everything, man. When you when you get that good attitude going, yeah, make it fun. It's good, man. Those pallets. Yeah, flights. We used to, or we do on Kauai, Polyhali, huge beach, huge mm-hmm. sand. Mm-hmm. You know, to get to the beach, seven mile beach, by the way. Nice. Make bonfires with those pallets. Oh yeah, yeah. You didn't carry them up your back up there. No, hill. no, no, oh. no. We use the truck <laughs> for sure. Use the truck. Next question. Let's do it. Do you have any recommendations for careers that are similar to the military and or careers that are based on leadership? Context. Just a context. I applied to the Canadian Armed Forces to be a signals officer, and I failed my medical signals officer. You know what that is? Yeah, it's basically a communications officer. Right, right. Yep. Okay, so, yeah, currently looking for alternatives. Well, I'm not sure what the physical shortfall is. I'm going to assume that the physical shortfall was something that was disqualified you from any type of military. So maybe you have really bad vision. Maybe you have really bad hearing in an ear. Maybe you have some irregular heart thing. Maybe there's just some blood type, you know, something. There's a bunch of things that can do that to people. And so I'm going to assume that it was bad enough that you can't join the military at all. Okay. The next thing is, can you get into some kind of police or law enforcement? That that's the next question because maybe there's something that disqualifies you from the from the military, but you could still get into police and law enforcement. And by the way, you know, if you can't get into that, what kind of maybe some kind of an anti-terror agency that you could possibly go into? And I would say the next step from there is you know, what kind of an intelligence agency you could go work for? You know, what kind of a person, you know, it could you be a person that learns a language that learns, you know, some technical skills that allows you to pursue people through the interwebs? You know, there's a lot of terror happening on the interwebs and it needs to be stopped. So who's doing that? Cyber war. Cyber war is real. I mean, it's it's real. So is there something that you could pursue in there? And guess what? You're doing it you're doing it virtually, right? But you're still hunting down terrorists and and catching bad guys and preventing terror attacks. So even though it's not, you know, shooting a machine gun, it still is a has a huge impact. And, and I'll tell you what, in future, in the future, it might even have a bigger impact than the guys that are shooters. So there's that there's that avenue to look at. And same thing in 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 law enforcement, there's certain professions that you can get where you're not actually a police officer, but you're a, a, you know, a forensic, a forensic scientist that goes and looks at crime scenes and tries to figure out what happened. So there's definitely some, some, uh, roads to go down there. Then there's firefighting. Of course, there's being a paramedic. That's mm-hmm. another good one. Those are all, all service based. And, and so that's like a whole group, right? That's a whole thing. Yeah. And then let's say you can't do any of those things. Well, well, then what? Well, for me, it's really easy. Construction. Software engineering, being a salesperson, going into technology, being a plumber, being an electrician, going into automotive repair. Automotive repair. What? 
Like what? All those jobs. If you are getting after those jobs, it, they're all you can. You can excel. You can own your own company. You can get after it. You can lead. You can make a ton of money. Any one of those jobs, you can make a ton of money. Any of them. If you are a professional and you take pride in your work and you make, I saw something the other day. I wish I could find it. I'd try and post it again. It was just a, a plumber had obviously done this massive job where all these pipes were all coming and going into one thing and, and there was, you know, probably 20 or 30 little pieces of pipe, but they were all perfectly aligned, perfectly exact. And, and it was in some, you know, storage, you know, uh, mechanical room, mm. but it just looked like so professional. Mm. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, no matter what your job is, what are you going to do? Are you, all you need to do is step up and get after it and all those jobs, any job that you're doing, that your work, that you enjoy, you know, do something that you enjoy. And what makes you enjoy things? To me, what makes you enjoy enjoy things is doing them well and practicing and getting good at them and having pride in your work. That's awesome. So I would say, you know, you got to go. You got to find something that you like doing and get after it. You know, a lot of times, just in general, as far as finding what you want to do. You know, sometimes people are like, hey, I like to, I don't know, surf. So I'm going to go be a surf instructor or something mm. like that. Usually how to find what you want to do doesn't have to do directly. It's like what are the things that that stimulate you or motivate you or whatever that, that make you like surfing mm -hmm. or make you like whatever. It's like so a lot of it is real like basics like I like problem solving this way or something like that. So tip there is look at what you like to do. Or like what you like to watch oh, on TV instance, or whatever. I like to work with my hands. Okay, right. good. Then you need to be a carpenter. You need right. to be a plumber. You need to be an electrician. Yeah. Oh, I like to work with my brain. Okay. You like to solve problems. Okay, become a software engineer where you're trying to figure out how to map right. all those things together. Or a statistician. I like yeah. numbers. I'm going to be a stat. So, yes, absolutely. What are you interested in? And then what job requires that type of mindset and skill? Because right. it's, it's always fun because I work with so many different companies in every different industry and whenever i meet you know there's always a, a group of people that are just into their job right yeah. they're into it and they want to be the best and it and it doesn't matter what it is and i've i've had you know i work with companies every different industry and sometimes i think to myself well this is a weird industry and i kind of i kind of you know just think you know, it's weird that I'm going to work with this particular company because this is a weird industry. Right. And then I meet the person that's bringing me in and they're talking to, to me about their business like they're going into combat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, And I mean that in the most positive way. Yeah. They're like, hey, this is what we want to do. This is our vision right here. This, And they're talking about, you know, selling shampoo. I mean, you know what I mean? Like just something that, th that they're into and they just want to do the best that they can at it. And that becomes a, a passion and a fuel. So mm -hmm. it's 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 fun to watch. It's yep. fun to watch. And it doesn't and it translates, you know, yep. the attitude that they bring to it and the leadership that they bring to it translates into their whole life. Mm. That's how well that's what makes people successful in business and life is when they're they bring that attitude of I'm gonna I'm gonna do this to the best of my ability and I'm gonna grow and I'm gonna get better and I'm gonna find my weaknesses and I'm gonna work on those and next thing you know, these people are owning their own businesses and it's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. 
Next question. Let's do that. Why do you never or rarely swear or use profanity? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. Why do you never swear? Anyway, that's part, part A of the question. Why do you never swear or use profanity? B, part B of the question is, what do you do to combat burnout? This My schedule isn't helping. I'm a prosecutor constantly overrun with violence and despair up, up at 5 a.m. to play music or read. A jiu-jitsu purple belt trying to keep up with the monster, the young monsters on the mat, mm-hmm. but never seem to have enough time because life is always making huge demands and trying to get better at gymnastic strength training without neglecting my wife and my dog. Thanks for encouraging us regular fellas to dig a little deeper and try a little harder. Well, the swearing question, we actually talked about that already on one of the earlier podcasts. I don't know which number, yeah. uh, but it's covered in great detail. I think it's an 18-minute conversation. Yeah. Let's not rehash that one. And just to clear clarify that, it uh, more appropriate, we'll just say a question would be to modify this. Say, why do you never or rarely swear on while you're recording? That is true. Because you get your swear on from time to time. I, I, while not I have used, I give myself uh, six foul language usages per month Dang, per outside month. Okay. you know outside recording <laughs> yeah hey, no. i'm just kidding yes i do swear i think it it uh it's you think that's cool huh? so cool i don't know if it's cool or not but <laughs> i do kidding. do it but i don't swear here and i don't swear when i'm presenting and i don't swear in front of my wife and kids and i really not in front of your wife not really not to say that's bad enough but that's interesting not really for sure no i mean I try and give her some respect and treat, you know, speak. In fact, when I do swear in front of her, I do it knowingly that I'm trying to make some kind of a a statement about something. Yeah, like emphasizing. You know? Yeah, really emphasize something. Dang. Okay. So, cool, man. That's good. Hey. Okay. Now let's get to the combating burnout. First of all, it sounds like uh, this guy right here has a lot going on, which is awesome. Good for you. Yes. That's killer. Welcome to life. Right. Now, a couple things, right? And I guess this might be a little bit of a theme tonight, but you gotta make it fun, right? Instead of viewing these things like an oppressive grind, I mean, just the way that, you know, the mats, I go on the mats, I don't have time, and life is making huge demands, and I'm trying trying to do just gymnastic strength training, but without neglecting my wife, and it's like everything is a grind. No, it's not. You have the opportunity to do gymnastics. You got a wife and you got a dog? That's 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 awesome. As Echo would say, that's dope right there. <laughs> so what, you know, instead of looking at them like that, let's look at them at what we can do to get more done. Okay, first of all, what kind of time constraints can you put on things, right? Force yourself to do some things faster, okay? Um, for instance, reading first thing in the morning, I don't know. I don't agree with that. Like, why would you get up in the morning and read? Uh, reading? No. End of the day. Okay, playing music first thing in the morning. Playing music sh- should be fun and enjoyable, as should be. So getting up and going, okay, I'm going to go play music. You're turning it into a labor, right? You're turning it into a labor. It should be something that's down, winding you down at the end of the night. So when you wake up in the morning, do something that requires some discipline and, and has you get after it a little bit and wakes you up a little bit more, right? Um, you know, another thing is, you know, jujitsu. How, this is a weird question, how fast can you train jujitsu? Because I can tell you for many, many years, 
and also what part of jujitsu is important to you and what part are you getting the most out of? Because for many, many years, especially once the war started, when I, I would show up to train basically at the at the end of class, and I still do this sometimes. I show up when Dean is done teaching, when Jeff is done teaching. Believe me, if I had unlimited hours, I would sit there and absorb everything that they have to say. Mm-hmm. I learned something from Dean the other day. I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe what I learned from Dean the other day. I couldn't believe that I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that I didn't know it. I couldn't believe how well it worked. And I couldn't believe that that bastard never taught it to me, <laughs> which made me really angry. But that's the way it is. I've been training for 20 years and he taught me a basic fundamental thing that I did not know. So if I could, I'd, of course, I'd be in there all the time, you know, learning, absorbing Glover's the same way. Glover teaches you little things and he goes, oh, you should do this right here. Oh man, how did I not know that? So I would learn all I could, but I don't have much time, to, time for that. So what do I do? Show up when that stuff's over and I go and I train. Yeah. Get it on. And, and how fast, that's what I'm saying, is how fast can you what, what what gets you the most impact in the shortest amount of time? Mm. So for me, it's I always feel if I don't have time to take an hour and a half class, that's you know a ten minute warm up, a thirty minutes or forty minutes of instruction, ten minutes, twenty minutes of drilling, and then half an hour of rolling or however long that all put together is. But but I'm going to show up for me. The most important part at this juncture in my jujitsu career is the rolling. So I'm going to show up for that last, you know, 40 minutes, 45 minutes. I'm going to get my rounds in. Maybe that's what you need to do because you can't, you don't have time to take an hour and a half class with all that other stuff. Mm. So see if you can do that. The other thing you might have to do is prioritize and execute the, uh, the, the, the extra, extracurricular activities, right? Wait, you got gymnastics going on. You got BJJ going on. You got reading. You got music going on. How do you, um, how do you bring those things together or how do you prioritize them so that you're you focus on which one's going to be the most important that's the bottom line right because you might not have time to do everything and so you might be just dabbling in all of them and not making any progress in any of them oh yeah so that's not good another thing how can you manipulate your work schedule right what can you do at your work schedule that you could squeeze something in for instance do people take a lunch break do people take a lunch break? I haven't taken lunch in the in the SEAL teams. I didn't take lunch. You know, in why would you take lunch? Like, oh, I'm gonna go for an hour of time and go to a place and sit down and eat. No, I'm gonna eat at my desk while I'm working. So I'm never gonna take lunch. So maybe during your work, people are you know people. Hey, we're gonna go down and have some lunch. Cool. That's when I'm gonna go do you know 500 burpees or whatever. I'm gonna go run to the gym real quick and get a workout and I'm gonna do my sprints or whatever. Mm-hmm. So see what what can you do there? Maybe maybe you could get more work done in this time when you're waking up early because you want to get after it, maybe that's the time when you should go to the job because no one's going to bother you. You can get a bunch of work done and then you can take a break from from 7 until 9 when the rest of everyone's coming in with their coffee and want to talk to you. No, that's when you're working out or that's when you're doing something else. So how can you maximize it? I used to do this when um, we used to have to write evaluations for all of our guys and it's a big pain in the Navy and they have to be perfect and they're getting recording guys' records. So you want them to be perfect. You want to take the effort because this is how the guys get evaluated so they can get advanced. So you want to take your time with it. But during, during we'd get, you know, I was in charge. So I get these big stacks of evals that I have to go through and it's correct. It's basically doing corrections of papers over and over and over again until they're perfect. And it's 
meticulous work. And so what I would do is during that time period, it would take like a month to get it done. I wouldn't work out first thing in the morning. I would go to work immediately in the morning and while everyone else was either not there or I would work. I would work and then when everyone showed up, you know, at 11, I'd go work out during lunch. Mm. And just, you know, if you want to come talk to me, because everyone always wants to talk to you, right? Everyone right, always right. got something to say to you. Jamming you up. Yeah. You can't just leave me alone because I'm trying to work. But maybe you, so how can you manipulate your work to, to maximize what you're getting out of it? Another thing is maybe take a little break from some of the activities. Maybe take a break from music. Maybe take a break from, or maybe you say, oh, you know what? I've been doing an hour of music a day. You know, I'm going to change that. I'm going to do for the next month. I'm only going to do 15 minutes just to keep my keep my skills maintained. But I'm not going to progress progress. And I understand that. Mm-hmm. And, and, or maybe you take a break from the mats for two weeks. I, I can tell you, if you're training every day, a two week break from the mat in many cases, myself definitely, I take a jump up. I get better if I take a break. That's why I travel for me. I don't like it when it goes on all the time, but I go away for six days and don't train. I come back and I feel a little bit better. I have some stuff gels in the brain. <laughs> so, yeah, I have no problem. That used to make Dean, one time I came home, <laughs> one time I came home from deployment and Dean and I were training and I was just so fired up, you know, yeah. coming and I was kind of smashing him. And I'm yelling at him, you know, I've been on deployment. I've been overseas. What have you been doing back here? How come I'm crushing you? Blah, blah, blah. I'm just crushing him that day. And so he went home that night and he made us, this is when you had to burn, this is when you had to burn CDs. Yeah, he yeah. made a, he made a CD that was called Kill Jocko. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. all of his favorite, whatever, <laughs> uh, metal songs. And he came back and the next day he came back and destroyed me. He killed so, Jocko. Yeah, he did kill Jocko that next day. But uh, yeah, so taking a break sometime just to, just to focus on some of the other stuff. The other thing, okay, you got your wife and your dog. Spend time with them while you're doing these activities, right? Your dog can go running with you, right? That's awesome. Your dog can come to the park, watch you do pull-ups, right? Your dog can chase the kettlebell that you're that you're throwing or whatever, the 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 shot put or the medicine ball. You can you can have be careful if you're throwing your kettlebell yeah, on your dog. That might have been bad <laughs> bad advice. You know, you throw kettlebells. I was, throwing, I was with my buddy. We were in New Jersey one time, and we went and threw kettlebells. It was wintertime, and we were throwing kettlebells, and the kettlebells would get – it was part of the workout was you had to dig the kettlebell back up out of the mud. Oh, right, <laughs> it was right. pretty funny. Anyways, so what my point was saying that if you threw your kettlebell and it hit a dog, it would not be good. So yeah. don't do that one. But take your dog with you to the park. Go have fun. Hang out. And same thing with your wife. What, your wife doesn't want to do some jujitsu? My wife did jujitsu before she was pregnant so much. She was coming to the gym with me all the time. She was training, and then you're just, let's bring it into the family a little bit. Get her in. She, gymnastics. Get your Tim Ferriss acro yoga on with, with your girl, right? Yeah. That's the same thing. Get her in the game. Have her lay down some vocal tracks, right? Got maybe little backing vocals from mama. Let's hear what that sounds like. And that way you're doing the stuff that you want to do, but you're bringing your family into the game a little bit. And like I said, man, have fun. Because all these things that you're talking about, even being a prosecutor, which I'm sure, like you said, embeds you in just violence and disturbing things all the time, and it's a challenging job, but but enjoy that challenge. And how can you do it better? And how can you win? You know, I, I'm going to have fun with it. And I had fun all the time. I had fun overseas. I had fun in Iraq. I had fun on the 
in the bowels of a ship that I was deployed on for six months. I'm gonna have fun and and laugh hysterically at things. And it's the same thing with, with music and with working out and jujitsu, man. You gotta you gotta enjoy them all. And just like when you're on the mat, you're competing against these young monsters. Don't just try and compete with everybody. Just try and get better. Mm-hmm. Cause that is winning. And and that's what's gonna make you better in the long run. Because that'll make you stick with things. Make you stick with them. Because if you don't enjoy jujitsu, why would you do it for 25 years? If you don't enjoy music, why would you keep practicing it? So my final thought on this, man, my brother, have some fun with this stuff. Yeah, that dang and being a prosecutor, that's the kind of job where even when you go home, bro, it's still in your mind, you know? So... As far as the whole experience, it's like, dang, this is my job is taking up so much time. It's true. So, yeah, I would imagine that would make it more of an like a difficult thing to balance. You got to figure out that way to leave your job, leave your job at work. Yeah. Right. We want to excel at it. I just had this conversation with a guy today. Just because if you're looking at your you you can't the way you're going to do your job better as a prosecutor is not by just being 100% focused on that 100% of the time. Yeah, you yeah. will not do a better job. Right. If you do a good job, if you focus on that a lot and you still do jiu-jitsu and you still right. train and you still get after it and you still, you, that, how many good ideas, I have so many good ideas that come to me when I'm working out, when I'm mm-hmm. doing yard work because you gotta get, you gotta give your brain a little space to think. Right. It's just like planning a, a SEAL operation. If you're sitting there looking at the map from two inches away the whole day, trying to get this plan perfect, you're not gonna see everything. And it's the same thing with any job that you have. If you get yourself totally wrapped around that job, you're not gonna have the the proper detachment from the job to see the bigger picture. So you must get some space between you and your job so you can think properly. Yeah, and just like, and that other element, like everything you do, studying, Working out is like this where you, you you work hard, you get your reps, and then you get your rest. You can't be yeah. doing push-ups all day every single yeah. day, you know? You won't get stronger, actually. Yeah. You're right. So when, you know, just like studying where they say, like, yeah, I guess when you study or memorize and, or both, whatever, and then you go to sleep, that's when they get your neural connections. Get solidified? Gets, yeah, when you sleep. That's not when you're studying. So if you're cramming for a test for two days straight, no sleeping, you know? That won't help you as much yes. as studying for four hours properly, getting some well, good go sleep. Get your rest, yeah. Go so that's your... the same thing with the job, you know. Get grind on the job, yep. And then man, forget about it for a little bit. Yep. When you come back, it'll it's make you be better. Boop, boop, the same. It's, it's weird. Uh, coincidentally, that's what I just said happens at yeah. jujitsu. Exactly right. right. Just said Gels. that. Yep. Exactly right. And a little tip, and I don't know if this would. I know this because I know how that feels when you're like, dang, I, I work so much and. I don't have time to go work out or whatever, or I'm always pressed for time or whatever. You can kind of overlap the two. So I, what I did, okay, I'd go to work and then right after work, I'd go home, I'd change and then I'd go to the gym and then I'd be like, man, I don't have time for anything. If I expect to work out as much as I need to in my mind or as much as I want, like I don't have time for anything else. Because you think you kind of do have time when you start to overlap. So, and this is sound real obvious and simple, but sometimes you kind of, you miss these little things. So what I ended up doing, which a lot of people do, is they'll just you just bring your workout clothes oh, yeah, and your pre-workout sure. to the to work to work, and then go straight to the gym. You and saved yourself all kinds of time. Yeah, man. you and, see, you and, actually got your workout. 
you saved 40 minutes yeah. just by doing that. That was your workout. Yeah. And that, and that's not to mention you, when you go home, a lot of time you have this, a lot of time it's subconscious too. It's a, you start to just mellow out. You're like, yeah, oh, I'm yeah, home, yeah. boom, I mellow. So the chance of you skipping a workout becomes, sorry, that's a, that's a different thing for sure. But, um, that seems like an obvious thing, you know, like, yeah, bring your, if you're going to work out after work, it seems obvious. I know, but there's other things just like that in like life where let me just overlap right. them. Right. You know, just, just like just, eating uh, lunch at your desk. Yeah, Same just straight up. Thing. It's just straight up efficiency. Maybe yeah, we'll yeah. have to do a whole podcast on just how to yeah. be more efficient. Yeah. So if you're keeping your eyes open for, okay, how can I overlap here, overlap there? And you'll be like, oh, dang, I got two hours at the end of the day right now. Yeah. Or just more time to do more stuff, you know? Yeah. So just keep your eyes open, man. And the jujitsu thing too, back to the jujitsu real quick. The, um, you said try to focus on like the parts that, that, help you the most like come mm-hmm. in you know don't quote unquote for lack of a better term waste your time on like the warm-up and you know if that's not where you get the most learning before you do that clear it with the instructor oh yeah it's right the instructor, right. they don't dig it when you just skip the warm-up roll in when it's time to roll yeah in yeah fact, that's like a thing so you gotta you gotta say like a lot like yeah, i'll do talk that talk to your instructor and say hey i'm working a bunch right now i got this case going on and i gotta get through it and so i'm only gonna come three times a week and all i have time for is just to come in and roll yeah is that cool with you yeah. what are they gonna say no yeah or Why just say you? at this time because if you say, I can only have time to roll, oh, they're like, oh, you yeah, want to yeah. skip my lesson then? Oh, That's yeah, the yeah, part yeah, you yeah, chose yeah. to skip. So you say, hey, I can only come in at this time. Well, I've been in that situation uh, where, you know, I've been working on this thing and, mm. and also other schedules. I had my new baby and all this stuff. So it's like, dang, the only time I can come in realistically uh, was that to get there at like yeah. 1235. Just to get your roll in. Yeah. When you know the when the light, you know the instruction starts at noon, mm-hmm. and then I, I know Jeff was like, yeah, cool yeah. food, these you know higher belt thinks he can just roll. I don't know if he thought this or not. It's probably you me felt being, it. yeah, I felt it, but it could have been me being paranoid. You Greg encourages that, by the way. Greg Train, Greg. he encourages if you get more out of just rolling than you do the lesson. Like when you get to a certain belt and you're, you know how your yeah. learning starts yeah, yeah, yeah. to take shape, like what yeah. you learn better. He encourages it, but the only thing is that like I just just saying what i just learned from dean the other day and how what other things have i missed yeah but you that, know what i mean but that's an opportunity cost situation uh, you know yeah but dang that's important stuff maybe yeah. i missed it but, th- but that you know could what i do, do is I, I i always uh like even if i'm if i get there a little bit late i'll be like i'll look and see what moves they showed right. and and i'll and i'll figure out if there's anything i didn't know yeah, but how can you and figure I, out if there's something you didn't know? No, because I say, hey, Jeff, what did you teach today? Or I'll watch guys like, what did you guys learn? What would you guys go over today? And that's all this. And I'll go, hey, Jeff, how does that work? Or I'll say, hey, Dean, what's this thing here? So I'll just right. ask him, you know. Basically reteach the whole class. No, not me. reteach. Because like you just said, my learning is developed. So all they yeah, need yeah. to say is, hey, we went over this escape right here. Or we went over this finish. And here's how you do it. Or this transition. Right, right. So. Yeah. But that one, yeah, you got to kind of communicate. Respect yep. you your, respect, uh, respect your instructor. Boha. Yeah, you totally got to. Next question. I've encountered an issue in the workplace I've never dealt with before. I'm a former Air Force STO. STO? Yep. It's like a combat controller. They call in, they call in aircraft. They set up, they call for fire. They set up, uh, they set up airstrips gotcha. in the field. Mm-hmm. Really cool job. Okay. Okay. As it says here, or as you may affectionately know us as combat control. Okay. I'm now a civilian mechanical engineer. Dang, big up. In the oil and gas industry. 
through attrition, the people I work closely with have learned a little about what it is I used to do. I'm treated noticeably different as a result. For example, some refer to me as Mr. SF now. <laughs> My current approach is just to laugh it off and ignore it. But how can I respectfully indicate that when I'm in the office, I'm not that anymore and no different than anyone else? Well, I think you're taking the right approach, and that is to ignore it. Um, I, I think there's probably something about your history, right, that people get a little bit either intimidated or comfortable with in some way because they think all of a sudden, you know, you're you're this different type of thing. But I, I think it is definitely something where, well, in the SEAL teams, the minute you say, hey, don't call me that, <laughs> Like people, that's that's your nickname for life. Yeah, if you yeah, say yeah. that, so you know, I I think you know for one thing, it sounds like you're not referring back to your time in the service a lot. But another thing is, don't a subtle thing is don't answer to you know Mister SF. Just don't answer to it. Not saying you have to be a jerk about it, but if someone says Mister Mister SF, hey Mister SF, you just like keep doing what you're doing. Until, and so don't reinforce that that's what they should call you, mm. right? That's just like a, a basic a basic thing. But I think you're doing the right thing. And I mean, if you ever wanted to say something about it, again, the minute you say something about it, now all of a sudden it turns into a big deal. Now people are whispering like, hey, he doesn't like to talk about it. Right, right. So well, now yeah, we're in yeah. that situation. <laughs> he doesn't like yeah, to yeah. talk about it. So, man, just ignore it. Keep working. And I mean carry on with your with your mission with these with these guys in the gas oil and there's a bunch of veterans in the gas oil industry i don't know why they're you know um when when we work with gas oil you know a bunch of vets maybe that's more on the front line troopers but man i met a bunch of no a bunch of veterans um so i don't know maybe maybe they maybe they saw a little a little reaction they got from you Yeah, yeah so let's make sure we're not doing that just Ignore it and carry on. The best thing you can do, right? You know, in the SEAL teams, if somebody does something that annoys you, do not <laughs> show it. Same yeah. thing in like my family with my kids. Mm. Man, when my kids figure out that something annoys one of my other kids, they just relentless annihilation with that, whatever that thing is. <laughs> and I did that when I was a kid. I was, you know, my sisters and I, we were so mean to each other on whatever. And that's sort of. I don't know. I guess that's sort of a tradition in my family is, you know, um, it's sort of a tradition is of no emotional mercy, right? If you find something, you're just going to grind on it. And that's yeah, the yeah. way that's the way it works. And also no credit. No credit will be given. <laughs> there's there's no credit yeah. will be given. You know, it's just like, oh, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, man, ignore it. They'll get over it. Kind of like on Lionheart. Remember Lionheart when he's well, like, he that? goes the van damme movie man anyway he goes into the final thing against that big guy you should do another podcast without me where you talk about cheesy movies bro i'm telling you it's the same it doesn't matter the movie cheesy or not it's the exact same concept you can't show it so he goes in broken rib Mm. all the money's on you know the table whatever broken rib he's like he gets hit in the rib no he doesn't get hit in the rib he like he goes to hit him in the rib and he flinches like all quick and the guy the big guy he's fighting goes he, he boom he flinches all quick and he goes See what I'm saying? Mm. Can't show Don't that. show that. Nope. Good. Is it ever okay? This is next question, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Next question. Yeah, sure. Oh, right. This isn't just my question. I'm no. busting out in the middle of the last one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> is it ever okay to violate core values to achieve a goal? 
Okay. So first of all, really obvious, your values and your goals should be aligned. <laughs> they should not be adversarial. They shouldn't be counter to each other. And if you think about what your goals are, your goals should be set up in a way that they support your values and vice versa. That's just the way it is. So I'm not sure where this is going to be an issue. If you're setting up goals that are contrary to your values, you got some issues. Now, I guess if you had the goal of winning the blue belt jujitsu championships and in order to win, you, you cheated, like you claimed someone was reaping your leg and you said, oh, you tap and you get the guy to qualify and you win. That's could be an example, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, do I support that? No. You know, that's wrong. You you go win against the values of, actually the values of martial arts to do that. So you didn't win anything and you didn't achieve your goal because you weren't actually the best. Right. So I say no on that one. Uh, another one, let's say you wanted to make a certain level of profit at your company. So you cheated a little bit on the quality of the manufacturing and you sold items that weren't quite reliable. Do I support that? No, right? For, and, and why? Let me tell you why. Because your goal, your goal is not even aligned with your goal itself. Because when you start making substandard manufactured items, what's going to happen in the long run? People are going to say, hey, we don't like these. Yeah. We're not going to buy them anymore. So you didn't win. You might have won in the short term, but you didn't win. And, and again, you're going against your value. You should have values that you don't want to, you know, take profit over making good product. And again, in the long run, that value is gonna cost you, right? People aren't gonna wanna buy your product anymore. Okay, another one I could think of, like let's say your goal was to lose weight or to gain weight or whatever, some kind of positive physical change. And so you're working hard, but then you decide you're gonna jump on the steroids, right? You're gonna jump on steroids. And, and you get that goal, right? Because steroids are a huge advantage. But again, I say no, because if you think about what your goal is, like why are you trying to gain weight or lose weight? Your goal is to be, is to be healthy, right? That's your value is you value your health. Mm-hmm. And so when the minute you start doing something that's counter to your health, well, that's not, that's not helping your long term. Your value is not aligned with your goal and your goal is not aligned with your value. So get them lined up. Mm-hmm. So now, might we at some point compromise our values, compromise our values to reach a goal? I think that changes the answer a little bit, right? We might compromise. Remember that question that we had about the people that are snakes and how do you work with them? You know, should you work with someone that's dishonest or backstabbing, but they're a cog in the machine of your team? Mm-hmm. And your values, right? They might be to call the person out. And say, hey, you're a you're a backstabber and I don't want to work with you. That that might be what your values tell you to do. But your goal, and if you do that, you first of all, you don't progress. You don't, your team doesn't work better together, they work worse together. And so in the long run, you don't win <laughs> because you stuck hardcore with your values. And by the way, if you stick with your, if you if you bend your values, you compromise your values a little bit to get through this transitional period, now you get promoted. Now you get in a situation where you can fire that person that's a backstabber. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to compromise your values as a person a little bit. And you know, there's the enemy of my enemy is my friend, 
right? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. So you might compromise your values short term working somebody that you're not totally aligned with value-wise. And again, if you're gonna get the long-term strategic goal, well then maybe it's worth it because it's gonna put you in a position where you can then hold your values better if from, a, from a senior position or from a more powerful position. So you might compromise them a little bit. Again, these are small compromises and you should have things. Of course, we got things that, values that you're, you're never gonna compromise on. Right, um, hitting a girl. Yeah. Right. You you should you should never hit a girl. Right. Never hit a woman. Now, with that being said, if there's a woman that's about to do something truly evil, you know, kill a child or some kind of a terrorist act, and the only thing you have that you can stop it is to hit her, well, guess what? She's getting hit. You know what I mean? So even then. Your value of never hitting a girl can be compromised momentarily while you stop a, a child from being murdered or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, we, as we, we hold a value, we always want to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. But if you had a, for an extreme example, if you had some kind of a state secret and, and, you got captured, well, of course, you might lie about that. And there's little, mm-hmm. I mean, we could get into a whole like white lie discussion on stuff. Mm-hmm. Like when your wife asks you, how's the chicken? And you want to tell her it's <laughs> the most dry and, and charcoal tasting <laughs> item that you've ever put in your mouth. That's not going to help you long term. No. So I might, I might compromise my values of being truthful and tell her, it's pretty good. Can I have some more ketchup over here? <laughs> Can I get some more barbecue sauce on this? Ketchup on chicken. And, and I'm going to go grab some more water. Would you like some? <laughs> so I might compromise my values a little bit there. Uh, so I guess what I'm saying is, and people, this is the thing. People probably, what they think of my persona because people will think, oh, I'm Jocko's going to be this uncompromising, never settle, allow no slack kind of person, right? That's mm-hmm. what people want it, want, you know, want, I guess, want to see me as. But the reality is reason, right? Reason and thought mm-hmm. can, can override values for the right reasons. And that, that's why we can think. There's, that's why we can think. And there's, there's actually times, there's actually times when holding your values goes against your values. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you always back up your friends, right? You always back up your friends, <laughs> but then yeah. your friend does something that's totally immoral and is against your values. Mm-hmm. Well, then you can't back up. You can't hold the value of backing up your friends because guess what? They did something immoral. Mm-hmm. They did something that was wrong. And so if you held your values, you'd be not holding your values. That's the dichotomy there right that's the dichotomy that and the additional dichotomy is you hold to your values right you hold to those basic principles that you believe in but at the same time you've got to apply logic and reason to them to make sure that they are supporting your long-term goal and your long-term values Mm -hmm. because you don't want to you don't want to make a hard stand on something that costs you everything where now in the future you can no longer manipulate any more situations That's one of the things that makes leadership and and life hard mm. is that it isn't black and white. 
it isn't black and white, it's gray. And so our decisions on these very things, these are the challenges of leadership. And there's, there's no way, right or wrong answer of, of saying if it's right or wrong to violate your, your values to achieve a goal. That initial question, there's too many variables in that. There's too many variables. But start with this part that I started the whole answer with. Align your values with your goal. That's where you start and then you use reason and logic and thought to determine your actions based on the situation weighed against your values. You have to think. Yeah. So given what you're saying. Yes. It's, so it's less like just values like you have a dinner plate with here's my values kind of thing. It's more of a hierarchy of values. So you will violate your values if it's on, you know, level two oh, okay. for a level four. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. I'll hit, I'll knock a girl right out if it's in the way of my higher value, which is protect your family, protecting my family, yep. kids, you know, all this stuff. Same thing with girls. Yeah. Don't mess. <laughs> Ladies out there. Don't mess with that close family. Yeah, please don't. Coming at you. You know, obviously same thing with the, you know, the, the, um, Riding on your or backing up your friend, yeah. You know, my value is backing up my friend. That's level two. You know, the whole immoral thing, assaulting a girl. I don't know, whatever the you know, yeah. That's level four. So sorry, number two. You know, I'm going for number four kind of. So it's like a hierarchy. Yeah, you got a little hierarchy of values. Of and values. there's some, you know, obviously there's some that I, I can't even. You know, you, you could give any of one of your highest values that you could come up with. And you could sit here and, and theoretically come up with a situation where you would sacrifice right. that value. Yeah, and that's right? the hierarchy. That's just right the way there. it is. Yeah. So that's why we're humans. We have the ability to think. We have the ability to reason. And sometimes you might have to compromise your values a little bit to, to survive. To ones. Right. Yeah. To survive and get so that you can long-term carry out your values to a higher degree. Yeah. Yeah, like the um, and the back to the uh, people want to lose weight. You know, yeah. If usually people who, I, I don't know. I guess I would imagine that usually people who take steroids, their value isn't the health. It's like because people oh, yeah, typically, yeah, yeah. I mean, unless it's point. a medical thing, you know, that's a good point. Um, you know, the steroids ain't for health. It's for to win or to Look be good. cool. Yeah, which is kind of strange, but you know, it's usually to win a competition mm -hmm. or something like this. But um, but. Nonetheless, I think that holds true, given what you said. And I think it's kind of kind of coming together there. I think that it is like a hierarchy of values. Yeah, yeah. And if someone's going to use steroids to cheat, that's, I mean, even that. We, we It's a whole other discussion. Yeah. But what are they really proving? What are they really winning? Right, yeah. And that goes back to, remember, uh, I forget what we were talking about. Like some people, like they want to, they want to, they want to appear to win. You know, especially now you can see it on like online. Like, you don't spend that much time at, like just cruising Facebook, but you see, you can see someone that you know. I don't know. They're 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 about to murder each other, husband and wife. They hate each other. They don't even sleep in the same room, but they went on vacation with their kids or whatever, and they're like, oh, so in love in front of the Ferris wheel or the waterfall or whatever. And you're like, bro, you just want people to think you win. You just want to appear that you oh, okay. won. You know. But, but it's not real. That's why people cheat. Yeah, that's why I like the guy the jujitsu thing when they're like, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this guy reap my leg. I'm gonna tap. Oh, he's DQ'd. You can't do that." But you know, you cheated kind mm -hmm. of thing. 
He, his goal wasn't to win; it was just to get the medal. Mm-hmm. So the, it's you know, the, well, his goal the medal was to is win, to appear, but he's just he doesn't have the proper values actually, or be the winner. He needs to check his values. He needs to check his hierarchy of values. Is what yeah, he needs to do. So. Yeah, so he didn't want to actually win; he wanted the medal to appear that he won, kind of thing. Next question. Is there any way to recalibrate the flight or fight response? I get that ex I get that excess in adrenaline. Oh, I get that excess in adrenaline that gives me the wobbly legs and the flight response. How do I go about remapping my reaction? Well, absolutely. Um, and I'm not hundred percent sure what situations you're talking about, but any type of danger, right, gives you this flight or fight response. So train. It starts with training. Jiu-jitsu, boxing, Muay Thai, wrestling, shooting, competing, competing, right? You get used to those butterflies when you compete. You get those butterflies and, and you get used to them. And so train and get used to seeing how that reaction, what that adrenaline feels like, and and also get used to understanding what the superior action is, right? Fight or flight. Because sometimes flight is the correct response. Mm-hmm. Sometimes fight is the correct response. But what you wanna do is you wanna be able to assess and dictate which response you're gonna give and not just do whatever your instinct tells you, because sometimes your instinct might be wrong. Mm-hmm. And so again, I don't know what you're actually you're the the situation where you're going into but whatever it is because people get the fight or flight response to to everyday things too like public speaking right oh yeah rock climbing um and, and that's why i say you know do these things train in them so public speaking rock climbing you know if you want to get good at rock climbing, or you want to get over that fight or flight response when you get out go go rock climbing you'll get used to it you scared of heights go start parachuting you know, you'll get used to it. You're scared of the water, get worked up and go through swimming and then come scuba certified. Just the things that you're not comfortable with, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. And I, it, it, while you're doing them too, while you're doing them, pay attention. You gotta detach a little bit when these things are, when you're training, detach a little bit and see what, is going on in your mindset, see what red flags that you can see, what things will make you aware of the fact that your nerves or your adrenaline and you're, you're, you're feeling yourself clenching your fist. You know, okay, so I'm clenching my fist. Be aware of it so that you can change it, so you can adjust it. And put your, again, put yourself into these scenarios and escalate them so they get harder and harder and harder and worse and worse and worse until, you're, until you start to get control of these things. Here's something weird. It's not weird. You're not going to think this is weird. But um, what I used to get super nervous about, fight or flight response. It's public speaking, right? Yeah, but that's not not the story. No, not worse necessarily, but just a different thing. Is like confrontation. You know, like, like, hey, whether someone's confronting me or someone or I got to confront someone, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like this barrier yep. you know you know some people they'll just step back and forth that barrier they'll confront you and then go back to just being like all right i'm gonna go back to work kind of thing or school whatever but man i've always seen it when i was younger whatever as this barrier that it's like you don't cross until it's 100 percent go time so 
anytime I'm close to the barriers, like you get super nervous because like, dang, is it go time? Is this confrontation mean physical fighting or just Uh, in general? Physical, in general, anything. Like if something happened with somebody you were working with and they lost something and you had to go confront them on it, you that would make you get yep. fight or flight. Anything, you know how we're just cruising? You yeah. know how... Fully. <laughs> but, and let's say me and you're cruising and I'm saying, hey, Jocko, and I'm, and I'm teasing you about something. And then you like didn't like something and then it got, it went from like this to like, you know what I mean? Like you, you didn't like what I said or yeah, something. Yeah, You're yeah. like, hey, I didn't like that, and it became this oh, thing. All like, of a okay, went like that. Yeah, yeah. For whatever he's in, it, it's that. It's the. I can be cruising. I can be on good terms with someone. Once it goes bad, it's like to me. I just looked at it as this, just this huge barrier. Mm-hmm. That so I, I, I actually, I actually get something like that, and for me, what it is. Same thing, but when as soon as I feel it, you know what I do? I, I go. Like, I go. If I have a <laughs> default, I just default because, and it sometimes what bothers me, sometimes you, you know, you don't always have the opportunity. Like, let's say I get an email. Yeah. Someone says, hey, I really didn't like the way this happened, and blah, blah, blah. Right. It'll bother me. Mm. And especially it'll bother me if someone will say, hey, when, for instance, this is the kind of thing that would bother me is someone says, hey, you did this. It, it, it seemed like you know you were putting me down in front of all these people. I would feel bad about it, right? And I'd be yeah. like, it would drive. And so the only way for me to get over it is I want to talk to him and say, hey, man, this is what I did. I'm going to send out an email to everyone to make sure that they know that that was you know my it wasn't my you know say that you did a great job or whatever. Just try and make it right. But the only otherwise it just turns it burns me up and I have to confront it. I the the thing that bothers me and I used to like I recognize this now when I was younger I might not recognize it. I would just sit there and I would, I wouldn't know what to do, but now I know the solution. The solution is when something's bothering you, you go and you address the problem. You know like my my kids will do something and I'll I'll be all angry about it and I just, I just go, "Oh, what, what you know what I need to do is go and talk to him about it." "Hey, what did you what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Why did you do this? Here's the impact it has on the family. Here's the impact it has on your life." Here's some other opportunities that you might miss out now. Here's some things that you could do better. Or, you know, here's some corrective actions we could take. Whatever. The worst thing I can do is just sit there and hold it inside. Not, yeah. a, good, not a good thing to do. Yeah, and and I I knew that fully. I mean that that it's not a good thing to do. Uh, but it was just one of those things that that really induced that fight or flight yeah. like response. And the strange thing, you know, what helped a lot, even just in regular confrontation. Any it, it's a specific type of confrontation. It's not the kind where. You know how like you you say something then you leave and then you think back wait did I mm-hmm. insult him yeah yeah no and that's then, okay. that bothers me but that to me I'll call you right now and oh, be like okay, hey good, I said good. that's no problem the the kind of it's the only kind of stuff the or the only stuff that did it was stuff that to cross this line puts us on bad terms temporarily or permanently it puts us on like not good terms anyway it was that kind of thing but nonetheless you know what totally helped was jujitsu. Mm. Totally well, helped in what it. Way? Where I, I still don't want to, but if I think that the confrontation has to go down for whatever reason, I, it's just way easier to do. Yeah, just, cool. with, just slap, bump, roll. Let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> kind of a thing, you know. But I mean, you got to do it correct. You don't yeah, yeah. Like, you don't lose your temper or go in. I'm going to go in mad. You just you, you can address the problem. But the the key isn't about like, okay, I'm good at, you know bringing up and and going through barriers in regards to confrontation it's not that it's 
that barrier no longer produces that response. Exactly. So I can dance up to the barrier. If it gets crossed, it gets crossed, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, You're whatever. You're not nervous about it. Not nervous Which about it. Which makes you more comfortable crossing the barrier. If need be, whatever. Which is good. And ideally, jiu-jitsu helped you get there. Yes. Ideally, I'm not going to try to cross the barrier as far as being good terms, bad terms. I'm not going to try to go to bad terms anytime, you know, or be impolite or something. I don't think it's not, but I mean, that that's more depends on what kind of person you are, I, th- I think. Um, but like I said, the key for me or the, the, the element, the critical element there was that barrier, how I felt about being near it or crossing it or not crossing it or whatever. Um, didn't cure it, but it helps so much. I'll do, okay. I won't make the story long, but. That we, we are all hoping that you're not. <laughs> this, actually, this is actually after I started jujitsu, but it's just an example. <clears throat> so I was doing video work for, yes. for this guy. <laughs> I'm not going to say who, it doesn't matter. Um, <clears throat> and he had found out that I was doing other video work. I don't know. Maybe he had a sense of like owner. I don't know. He, he knew that, or he found out or knew that I was doing video for not a competitive thing or nothing like that, but just other video work kind of like, Hey, wait, you're not spending all your time on my stuff kind of thing. That's what I got the sense of, but nonetheless, and it had to do with travel, you mm-hmm. know? So I was traveling here and I'm like, Hey, I got to go. Cause I have to travel now to this other place. And it's kind of like, that's where I felt it. Um, nonetheless. So, the video wasn't due till like this certain date. And then um, I was like, yeah, my prediction, I should have it by this date, which was way ahead of the date, by the way. And then that day I didn't have it. And I was like, oh, you know, I didn't think it was going to be a big deal because it just didn't seem like a big deal. Your predicted date didn't get there. It wasn't the due date. Right, right. Not you didn't even make, close. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, so I was like, oh, I don't have it. You know, if, you know, I've been working on it, but you know, I don't have it maybe tomorrow. Like something like that, mm-hmm. like kind of like maybe like one hour, I'll have it for you. It wasn't an hour, but it was like, mm-hmm. I'll have it to you soon. And, and he was like, I thought given kind of our history or whatever, I thought he was gonna be like, oh, okay, well, cool. Tomorrow, let's, we'll see it tomorrow. I'm excited to see it kind of a thing. That's what I was expecting. Um, but he was like, he was like, oh, okay, tomorrow, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really disappointed <laughs> that you don't have it for me right now. And I was really expecting to have that, to see something. And I'm really disappointed that you don't have anything for me right now. And I was like, boom, heart just beating. This is on the phone too, by the way. Dang. It's not like, oh, I was, you know, confronted and, you know, anything. It, it was just that. And bro, to the point where I didn't even know what to say. So what was, did you say? I was like, uh, I don't even know what I said. Mm-hmm. I think it was just kind of like I didn't say anything. And it was like. So is that maybe one of the one of the things that's caused you to really hold back on making a bunch of videos for John's <laughs> podcast? <laughs> Because there's a no. bunch of us that want to make no. that phone call to you. Well, if that we're, we're disappointed, a, just if, so you know, if, we that listen to this podcast, we're disappointed. If that were the case, wouldn't I be making? Wouldn't I be making videos every single day? If that were the case, well, I wish. Well, what can we do differently over here on our end? Anyway, that was an ex, that's an example. Yeah. Of just like how, because really, when, when I think about it back, like that's not a big confrontation. Mm-hmm. It probably had a lot to do with expectation. Anyway, but yeah. Ju- for some reason, though, generally speaking, the jujitsu helped. As long as you have, is you have genuine intentions, I think. Hey, that confrontation's gonna come. Cool. Next question. The serious question oh, is about question. indirect approach. I have a history of starting things and then giving up on them when I get bored. I'm the same way, by the way. Or Anyway, <laughs> a friend of mine is the same. I'm working on it by st- 
sticking with one thing, making a website, which will be done in two weeks. I call my friend once a month, and he always tells me about some new harebrained idea that he never acts on. I've tried suggesting that he pick one thing and stick with it, but he immediately shuts down. How can I take the indirect approach and get him to actually follow through on things? Okay, so you're trying to help your friend prioritize and execute, which is really good to go. Your friend sounds like he needs to prioritize and execute and get some follow through going on with that as well. I would say this, you wanna do a little indirect there? What I might do with him is get involved in a project with him. Like pick one of those, when he calls up with one of these harebrained ideas and you think it's a decent one, say, okay, cool, let's rock and roll with that. I wanna get in the game. And then lay out some deadlines, like, hey, this is what we need to get done by here, this is what we need to get done by this point, I'll do these four items, you do these four items, and that's what we'll get going. Here's the due date that we'll get them done by so we can make this launch. Boom, right? And then you deliver your end. You deliver your end. And then when he doesn't, now you can have a better discussion that's not so uh, aggressive. You have a reason for it, you know? And then, you know, maybe even subtly tell him that you're, hey, can I, I'm gonna go ahead and go proceed further with your idea. Like, I'm, you're not gonna do it. <laughs> so idea, I'm gonna though. do it. It just became yeah. my idea, right? And then, because you're not gonna execute, because he needs to understand that idea people. That's great. I'm glad you have a lot of great ideas, but it doesn't help. It doesn't get anything done. And ideas without executions, ideas without execution, the ideas themselves literally do not exist. Your idea is worthless. It's mm -hmm. totally worthless if you don't execute on it. So you have to execute in the, the execution of ideas into life, right? We, we, that's what it is. When you... When you execute an idea, it's creation. It's not dreaming, it's not thinking, it's doing. You are creating something, and that's awesome. Like, just creation is, is an awesome thing to be a part of, and it's an awesome thing to lead, and to take an idea and turn it into something that's real and create and deliver it, that's, that's just a hugely rewarding thing in life. And he obviously probably hasn't experienced that many times. And so how can you let him know that? Let him know that, you know, ideas mean nothing without execution and our goal is to create something. And again, I think the best way to do that is to join forces with him and drag him along so he can get that feeling of the satisfaction of how good it feels to make something happen. Now, the, the bad news is, if he doesn't, like, like if he doesn't do his things, he doesn't do his part, you can coach him, you can prod him along, you can do what you can to help him, but eventually you gotta go out and make things happen on your own. I mean, that's just what you gotta do, and you can't, it's very hard, I can't, I'm not gonna say you can't, but it's very, very difficult to help people that don't wanna be helped, that don't recognize their errors, that have their, their egos too, because a lot of people that are idea people, They'll, they'll literally tell you that. You know, like, well, I'm an idea guy. I'm an idea guy. That's right, what that's I do so over true. here. And, yeah. and you know, you say, okay, cool. I'm going to go over here and actually make things happen. So bye-bye. Yeah. Your ideas. So if it's someone that's arrogant like that, because that's, that's a level of arrogance, right? Hey, look, I don't do this little labor stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not a guy about excuse me. What I do is I have ideas. <laughs> a brilliance. That's what I do over here. Yeah. That's, those people are not going to help you. Yeah. So... Um, eventually, you do what you can to help them out. 
you try and get him involved in some of your projects, help. hopefully you can get him all the way through a project where he can see the and feel the gratification of success and execution and creation. But if he never tastes that blood, he's, he's gonna be a vegetarian. <laughs> that's the way it's gonna go down. He's gonna be a salad eater. And, and that's not good. Nothing wrong with eating salads, by the way. No, I eat salads. I eat salads. With steak on them. <laughs> Bro, that's so true. So my brother, we know him, Jade, he does apps. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, his, his company, they, they do apps. So apps, uh, let's say, that I'm just saying in general now, apps, websites, um, video in my case. So uh, these are things, there's other, the other industries and skills or whatever, but these are the things that attract the idea of people. Hey, I got an idea for, for a video. I got an idea for an app. I got an idea for a website. I got an idea. So we, we, me and my brother, we're, we attract these people. Right, so it's like when you encounter that, it's kind of like me saying, "I have an idea for the cure for cancer." So what it does is it goes in and it targets just the cancer cells, and it leaves all the other cells alone. All of them just leaves them alone, just just kills the cancer cells. So let's say in like I don't know, hundred years that happens, right? And I'm like, that was my idea, <laughs> bro. No, it wasn't. It wasn't your idea. The ideas mean that just like how you said, it's, it gets and. To say it gets annoying, I mean, that's kind of maybe not the most accurate way. It, For lack of a better term, it's real interesting that it's not that clear to people. You know, when if you're because execution is everything. The idea, yeah. I think, might have been Tim Ferriss. Some, some were saying idea is worth like super, like the super small amount. I'll even go further and say it's literally worth, worth nothing. Yeah. Just like you. Just yeah. like how you said. I guess there's some granularity of, of it, it's, you know what's weird? It's it's a dichotomy because the idea is worthless and at the same time it's the most valuable thing, but it only gets value right. if it gets executed on. Otherwise, yep. it has zero value. Yeah, and to the execution part, execution, because here's what you get too. And I actually, in a way, was kind of one of these people where I'd be like, oh, I have all these cool ideas. So the first thing I'm going to do when I get this idea, I'm going to go buy the domain name. Right, I'm gonna, you know, sell this, you know, whatever, and buy the domain name because I'm doing it. I'm executing. Boom, step one. So that's what this guy's doing right yeah. now. Yeah, you know, this guy who has these ideas and stuff. This right. is what he's, or some form of he's this. He's a domain. He's habitual. <laughs> he's gonna, domain name. He's gonna buyer. buy the domain name. Um, he might, you know, he might see if the trademark or the whatever is, you know, taken and all this stuff. He'll register and, you know, once the <laughs> once the work starts, he'll be like, yeah. oh, well, I'm kind of bored. Right. Yeah. That was the thing bored of that. And meanwhile, like that's usually the fun part, you know, the excitement. Ooh, I see all the potential oh, and yeah, all this yeah. stuff. But when the reality starts hitting and, you know, the hills get steeper and stuff like that. Oh, the oh. hard work. Yeah. Yeah. That, the actual part of the, any idea being materialized. Part. Yeah. When that comes to view or comes into, um, you know, into play, that's when they quote unquote get bored. Yeah. And, when you take one, maybe two steps back, this it's really clear because you you consider the the percentage of people just in life who are successful in like their dream thing. Mm-hmm. I'm a computer programmer, and now I own a computer programming business. I don't know. That's my yeah. example. The amount of people who have that actually happening are really few. And furthermore, you ask any one of those people. It was never like I had the idea. I bought the domain name three weeks later. It, we were moving. It's never that. It's like, oh my gosh, flop on my face, fail years, decades a lot of the time. You know, It's a grind. 
Grunt, yeah. And that it, and that's all that execution right there. Executing is hard. One time I sold contact lenses, you know, the colored contact lenses. Mm-hmm. So it's totally illegal. I shouldn't have done it. I imported them from, I don't know. I didn't import them, but I bought them from this a is, website. Are we going back to the values conversation? <laughs> kind of. Putting people's eyesight at risk so you can make a dollar? Well, they weren't prescription. They're all good. You yeah. can buy them. It was just like, but nonetheless, I bought them. And they'd, they'd only take like five days to get here. So I I knew how to make websites. I knew how to do all that stuff. So I just made a website. Color contact lenses, you know. And I knew about SEO and stuff. like that. So I just made the website, you know, eight bucks a month or something or a year for the domain. Website was free because Jade had the platform where you can make websites. So I sold a bunch of contacts. Um, Halloween time comes around. Perfect SEO. Color contacts San Diego. Buy them from me. People would buy them. I'd be like, oh, you bought one? Let me buy it. Just buy it from the website. It comes in. I just send them to them. Execution. Oh, so you, you're proud of this? It, I'm not proud of you selling execute. contact. I'm proud of the execution part. Good job. And then it sort of got bored, uh, bored with it. So. <laughs> All right. Next question. Yeah, let's go to the next question. Boy. Or this one time. <laughs> Jocko. I was wondering what your opinion was on when to start a child in jujitsu. My daughter was in the game at age seven, and I'm on the mats as well. My son is three and a half, and it has expressed that he's very ready to start as well. My concern is starting him too young. Him getting crushed and falling out of love with jujitsu before he has a chance to fall in love with it. This is... The romance story of BJJ. <laughs> yep. uh, okay, so completely dependent on the maturity of the kid. Yeah. And I've, how old was your daughter when she started training? Two? Two. I'll tell Almost you about three. the circumstances. No, two. Two, straight up two. two. She's Less really, than two and a half. She's really mature, really smart, and athletic, and durable. So... That's that's like as young as you're gonna get. Yeah. Um. And and what, what? How many times a week would you go? Two. And was there other small children in the class? Yes. You had some kind of a you knew somebody that was also bringing their kid in or something like that. Um, and they had a good playmate in there. Well, I need to make. That it's kind of a long. I'll 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 tell you about it for sure. Um. Basically, it's uh you don't know, Matt Becker. And then it's a it's Gracie Certified Training Center mm-hmm. up in Loyola. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. a smaller yeah. Um, yeah. gym, but so you know they have programs for younger kids or whatever. And it's essentially like you, you modify the young kids, pro, which is like four, yeah, four, makes four it and up. Playing. It's playing. That's yeah, what totally. it is. But here's the thing: you learn jujitsu moves yeah, for and, sure. And in there, you'll say you'll teach them that this is jujitsu. They don't know that you're they're yeah. they're gonna tap. They just think out. they're gonna they hold the person down. They it's don't know a, that it's a mount. It's a and game. they're thinking they're trying to get out of the mount. Yeah. They just think they're just trying to get off the bottom. Yeah. yeah and they, they have games where you balance on stuff and it works on their balance. On the, you have these, you know, the mitts that you hit. You know, yep. time, they line them up and you get to, it's yeah, like, oh, sure. walking on the butt. So they play all these games, but it's crazy how like, it's jujitsu. It's like Karate Kid, man. You know, on Karate Kid, mm, yeah, it was like sand, on, wax on, wax yeah. off. And, they're, and they get good at the wax on, wax off because it's kind of fun. Well, wax on, wax off is not fun. But the stuff you do in there is fun. And then when they're like, okay, who? And it's really, you, you got to find the right person, man, the right teacher. Because, mm-hmm. man, Matt, he was like, he's so gentle. Kids are, because there's other young Younger, kids. And they're kids. they're running around. You know, they're not, he, he knows, he knows. Not everyone's going to be paying attention. Yep, you know, you got yep. to, and so they got to know how to 
deal with kids. But yeah, man, she she took it and it was it was good. Yeah, and and there's some kids that are 11 and 12 years old that aren't ready for jujitsu. Yeah, they're just not there yet. And I would also say less is more for a young kid. You know, you don't want to just burn them out. Don't smoke them on that every day. Make them look forward. Pull them off the mat. They want to stay a little bit longer. Hey, we got to go. I mean, you let them have some fun. But Mm -hmm. um, I burned my kids out. Yeah. Um, and I backed off in time for my son because he was younger and I didn't, you know, because my, my daughters, I was like, compete, train, compete, train, compete. Oh, I'm going to put you in the heavier weight class, the older kids bracket. I mean, I just mm-hmm. did it wrong, right? Just did it wrong. And, and I didn't back off in time. And so now they train, you know, I mean, not as much as they should, right? My son trains all the time. Um, but I did a bad job of making jujitsu fun. Right, because that's and that's what you know. That's why I like you. The fact that this question, he's saying, "Am I starting him too young, or he's going to get crushed?" Hey, you shouldn't. You no gym that you take your three and a half year old child to should be allowing him to get crushed. Yeah, that shouldn't be happening. So if you have a good gym, we got the right instructor. Um, that then go and let them have fun and make sure it just stays fun. And and if they don't love it, you you can't make them love it. It's not going to happen. Now this is a good story. One of my son's friends, who I always want all of everyone to train jujitsu, obviously, but this guy's a, a friend of mine, known for a long time, and his has a son that's my son's age, and so they kind of grown up together. And you know, my son's always training jujitsu, and I would say, hey, you know, when they were six years old, hey, have your son come in and try it. Came in and tried it one day, hated it. Hmm. Year later now, you know, a year, I don't know, something like that, 13 months, 18 months or something. Comes in a year later, tries it again. He's like, now seven years old, hates it. Just just doesn't like it, can't stand it. Then comes in at, you know, nine years old. Comes in, loves it. Trains every day now. You know him, he trains all the time. And, and you know, now he's my, and, and, and I'll tell you what, this is what's cool, is that he's, it's not like he's a million years. It's not so. So my son trained three years more, or maybe even four years more than than this other kid. My son is that kid caught up, right? I mean, he, he, my son's still a little bit, a little bit better, but they're in the same game, right? They're, right. It's not like it's not like that. My son has this massive lead. No, mm-hmm. the kid loves it, and you can learn, you can learn and get better you know at any age but my point in saying that is forcing him to be in it for those three years would not have helped mm-hmm. he would have he would have quit jujitsu completely yeah. but just having and showing it to him and saying hey this is what you do and you know he didn't like getting choked yeah. right that's and and maybe that's me it's my buddy's son so hey let's let's get after it a little bit and, and we weren't letting him get choked but he just didn't like the claustrophobia of it, right? Yeah. And there is claustrophobia. You're gonna feel that even in a, even in a gentle situation with a six year old. If you're getting held down, you don't like it. Yeah, he didn't like it. Yeah. Now he's holding people down himself. So, yeah. you 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 uh, basically what I'm saying is forcing someone a kid to do something for two years. You think you're getting this value, two years worth of value? You're not getting two years worth of value. You're mm-hmm. actually going the other direction. So you might as well just let them try it occasionally. And I say that sometimes kids will, at my gym, they'll, hey, you know, my son just doesn't want to do it right now. And I go, no problem. Hey, you know what? I say, they say, yeah. I just want to make him come. I go, don't make him come. Yeah. I go, don't make him come. 
let him come when he wants to. You know, yep. you gonna you gonna stop your membership? That's cool. If he wants to come in on Saturdays, bring him in. You yeah. know, he wants to come in once a you know once a month to to just keep him familiar. Do up. that. Yep. Just do that. You yep. don't grind their brains out when they're whatever little kids. Even big kids, I think. I, you, you know how you, you say like jujitsu should be fun. So the if okay, so like okay, you, you ever watch a Bronx Tale? You ever yeah, watch that? Okay, I so there's a part that. on that where where uh, you know these biker guys they're in the yeah, bar, yeah. you know, causing now trouble. Now you can't get out. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So that's what it is, and this is what this is what this guy got to be careful. Okay, so. Th- for those who've never seen Bronx Tale, these biker guys are in the bar and they're like causing trouble and all this stuff. And and then the people there, hey, you guys, please. The leave. mobsters, the yeah. mobsters say, hey guys, please leave. You need to get out of here. Yeah. And they're like, hey, we'll do whatever we want. And he's like, no, no. No, they're go ahead. like, hey, let, okay, we'll leave. Let me get one beer. And the guy's like, all right, one more beer. They grab the beer and they shake the beer all over mm-hmm. the, all this stuff. So anyway, they lock the doors. They say, hey, we asked you to leave. Now you can't leave. Mm-hmm. Right? Bad situation for the biker guys. So this is what the. In, in my opinion, this guy has to avoid. Like, if his son, three and a half, is like, dang, I'm showing interest. I want to get kind of get, get on the mats. I want to jump in here. I see what's going on. It looks like fun. I'm going to jump in. Don't be like, hey, you want to get in. Now you can't leave. Don't yeah, do that don't kind do of that. stuff. Don't do you, that. Leave the door open. Right. There. Yes, exactly. So, as you know, press is three and a half now, where she went to Matt Becker's for a while and learned it, and, and it was cool. And now I just bring her with me just once a week mm-hmm. when I go on Fridays or whatever. Um, he, I'd bring her with me. I don't tell her jump in the class and just come. Be familiar with the mats. You see yep. Dad rolling. You see Jocko rolling. You see Andy. You know, and she has fun. Everyone talks. You know, she's pretty yeah, outgoing. Yeah. She has fun. Now, now she just likes them. The mats is fun. Yeah. You know, everyone Good talks time. to her. She 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 hangs with um. um she coaches you. Crystal's son is there. Yeah, she she cheers for me. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, Crystal's son is there. Aren't so. I her favorite jiu-jitsu guy, though? Uh, no, I think it was Andy. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Bo. Um, so, you know, so she likes it. She's familiar. familiar. I'm not going to say, hey, we're here, so we got to get our reps today. No, you know, it's yeah. not that. When she wants to come, like, mount, and she will, she'll be like, hey, oh, let me show this guy. There was, um, I, I forget his name, but it's like, hey, let me show him mount. And there's this whole series that she learned from, you know, like fighting mm-hmm. the arms and mm-hmm. keeping the balance, all this stuff. And she likes to do it, you know. So now she always wants to go. There you go. And when and at at home or whatever, when you know my mom comes and visits, she's like, "Hey, let me show Grandma Mount," and she wants mm-hmm. to do it, you know. Beautiful. And yeah, so that'll keep her in the game. And when she starts getting a lot more ability, you know, age like three and a half now, so like let's say four, five, six, seven. Oh yeah. She's gonna start to realize, oh shoot, I can do this stuff now, you know, because all these little things that I learned just by playing around, mm-hmm. really. And that's kind of what you want with that. But if it's if they look at it, this thing that my dad forced me to do, and it's so hard and claustrophobic, yep. and guys sweating on me, and I'm losing the whole time because yep. I just started, and I'm rolling with Thor the whole time, <laughs> and he's you know killing me or whatever. And that's my experience. My whole regard for the jujitsu is going to be like, yeah, you this isn't that. fun. There's also a little bit of rebellion in all in most children. In like my one of my daughters, she. Doesn't want to train jujitsu, but she wrestles in high school. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's awesome. That, that, I think that's you know? an example. But she almost does that just to be, you know, no, I wrestle. <laughs> Little does she know, she got flanked. <laughs> she got flanked. So, um, but, I don't. but yeah, man, I, I think so. I mean, the, back to the question, I think that um, they're given a certain type of teacher 
which I mean, the demands on a teacher for a you know a young even Kids three years, hard, yeah. yeah, it's so hard. So you gotta. It's rare to find a teacher, especially if you have a teacher who doesn't like do that. You know, if it's like, okay, I'm gonna make an exception for this because I've seen guys they're comfortable, they're friends of the gym kind of thing, and they're like, yeah, my kids too. But hey, we all like each other, right? Hey, jump in the kids' class. He's too. He's running around. He's interrupting that the class. Like, yeah, it's not. It's not good if the kid's not ready and the teacher th- that's not a compatible yeah. oh, situation. We, we straight up, if the kid's not ready, we'll say, hey, your kid's not ready. Yeah, you can't. You can't be in here. Yeah. Come back in six months. You want to bring him in to watch on Saturdays? Cool. Bro, Get him familiar with that. That's what you do. You bring him in to watch. It's the time we're going. You know, hopefully he's not disruptive. Hopefully. Well, yeah. they can't be disruptive or they can't stay. Right, right. Hey, you can't do that. Yeah. Go. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So in that case, you know, it's not going to work. But uh, yeah, that's it. Just like how you said, just open the door. Mm-hmm. I'm cruising in here. Mm-hmm. Look to see the doors open. I'm cruising here. I'm doing fun stuff. Come on in. I'm not going to close the door. I'm not going to go uh, Bronx tail on you. You know, that's how you do it. My opinion. Check. All right. Well, we got time for one, one for more. One more, yeah. Okay. Jocko. Have you most... Okay, Jocko. I have mostly lived a life dominated by doubt and fear. What are your thoughts on how I can step into bravery? You know, I actually took this question from Twitter and I answered the question in one word. You've lived a life dominated by doubt and fear. How do you step into bravery? Step. That, that's how you step into bravery. Step. Take the step. Step aggressively towards your fear. And that, that step towards your fear is the step into bravery. Because we, we're, we're scared of what we don't know. And there is only one way to learn and to know. And that is to confront that fear. You have to step. You have to go. And this simple action, this simple attitude, it answers so many questions. So many questions. How how do you get to the gym every day? You step. You go. How How do you change your diet? You step, you go. How do you overcome fear of failure or fear of success or, or fear of fear itself? You step. And how do you face the fear of the unknown? You step. Don't wait anymore. Don't think anymore. Don't plan anymore. Don't contemplate anymore. Don't make any more excuses or justifications don't rationalize anything else. No, no, and no. Instead, be aggressive. Take action now. And what is the first action that you need to take? What's the first step you need to take? The first step you need to take is just that. 
step. And I think that's all I've got for tonight. So, speaking of stepping, Echo Charles. If somebody wanted to step up and support this podcast, what would be a good step in making that happen? Okay. Before we go into that, good day today. Warrior Bars came in. <laughs> I mentioned I tried the jalapeno one anyway. Came in today. Outstanding. Um, I've been, you know this, I've been kind of, Kind of off. Had the stomach flu. Mm-hmm. Two MRIs on my knee to see what up. Two knees, you know. So I kind of been out of the game two weeks. Mm-hmm. Out of the game. Today was my first day back in the game. First day back in the game. Did a Metcon. Lifted some weights. Didn't do the jujitsu yet, but um, yeah, fully functional. All good. Life has meaning again. <laughs> then the Warrior Bars come in. Good day for Echo Charles. Great day. Um, Warrior bars on it. Warrior bars, and we talked about this before. So, all right, back to the supporting the podcast thing. I know you're like, what does that have to do with supporting the podcast? So, on it. Warrior bars on it is supplements. I remember back in the day, back in the day, when I first, not first, but maybe a few years into lifting. You know how people they'll just get supplements. Yeah, right. Joe Weider Super Weight Gain 2000. Exactly. <laughs> Weight gain 2000, you know, all the betagen, phosphagen, yeah. uh, creatine, you know, even though apparently creatine is good. Anyway, I, for real, I found that like supplements, no supplements, no factor. It doesn't even make a difference. Like when I was on supplements, mm-hmm. like weight gainer, I didn't gain a bunch of weight, no more than I would without the supplements. Anyway, so the point there is supplements are whack, in my opinion. And what I found out that you focus on the wrong thing. On, as far as supplementation goes, it's going to be whack. So, on <clears throat> onit.com. Slash Jocko. Slash Jocko. That's for the 10% off, but I'm going to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. This has to do with supporting the podcast. So, so on it, they have the correct supplements. And not only the correct supplements, the good quality. Because supplements don't have to be anything. They don't have to be. You have chalk pills. And be like, hey, increase your mood. I don't know. Whatever. Increase some, your weight gain. Whatever. But these are like legit, one of the few. Anyway, and okay, so if you want to supplement something, don't get like weight gainers, you know? If you want to gain weight, you can do that in the correct way without supplements. This is what you supplement. What You know, as you wear and tear your joints, your joints don't get much blood flow like compared to muscles. So they tend to get more wear and tear with less like as far as speedy recovery goes. Your muscles recover quicker than your joints. That's what I'm saying. You know, supplement something. Supplement that. That needs supplementation if you're getting after it. Krill oil. <laughs> that was a big lead in. Uh, bro, I'm t- look, I could say take krill oil. It'll help your joints. Be like, okay, you know, because every commercial or every whatever, they'll be like, hey, take this. It'll help this. You need like some contact, context and like the information that kind of backs it up. You know, got to be real. And this is real. Nonetheless, krill oil is one of the supplements that I recommend for your joints. I told the story about how when I'd get out of bed mm. and I'd be like all jacked up, 
because my daughter would jump on my back right out of bed. You're like, but you got to warm up for that kind of stuff typically, but not, not, not anymore because I've been on the krill oil. <laughs> strong bone, by the way, for your joints as well. Mm-hmm. It's not strong bone. Not strong. Strong bone. Yeah. I don't know the, uh, I don't know the reason for that. It's just dope like that. But <laughs> if you're looking for it, no G this strong. That's for joints and stuff. Uh, what else do you take? Oh, alpha brain, of course. So the point behind all this. Shroom tech. Shroom tech. Here's what Shroom Tech does. <laughs> I think everybody knows what it does. Here's the thing. I don't think so. I, I'd be I, like, I hey, it, it, it makes you get after it for longer but or whatever. But if people listen to the podcast, every time we say what Shroom Tech does. I'm going to clarify. I'm going to clarify. <laughs> okay. I've, uh, you know what? Go for it. You know what? I'm uh, going to sit back. Okay. Clarify. I'm going to clarify it to you. And, oh, and do just, it. just agree or disagree if this is correct. Okay. So I, I don't even have to use scientific terms. I'm just put it into perspective. So. If I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna let's not. Uh, no, 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 no. I don't want you to use. You haven't had enough alpha brain to use scientific terms right now. <laughs> so just use whatever terms. Okay, I'm gonna do. A, to I'm gonna do a metcon. Then use them quickly. I'm gonna do a metcon. <laughs> I'm gonna do like ten rounds of jujitsu, five rounds of jujitsu, whatever. If I'm not on Shroom Tech Sport, by the way, <laughs> this Shroom Tech immune as well. But Shroom Tech Sport, so it. It helps you like utilize oxygen. So what that means is when you hit the, you know, when you, when you're like in a car where it goes to the, when you're redlining, mm-hmm. that needle's hitting the red, <laughs> bro, you can't, you can't pull ahead when you're in the red. You can't pull ahead when you're in the red. Know that. So if you're not on the shroom tech and you hit the red and don't be halfway through your workout when you're, the needle is hitting the red, you're redlining already. You can't go past. You can't push through what the shroom tech does. If you have that in you that needle won't go towards the red. It'll go up there. It'll go the green, maybe even in the yellow, and it'll hang in the yellow, and you'll be pushing hard halfway, three quarters, last you know minute, two minutes of the round. You won't even be by the red. You'll still be in the yellow. That's what the shroom tech does. Agree? Agree. Boom, there you go. So take the shroom tech. <laughs> shroom tech sport, by the way. Okay, so now the slash jocko, what that signifies is you get 10% off. Good deal. I would say retail price is for suckers. I would say that, but it's not true. You can pay real t- retail if you want. Or save 10%. Just go to onit.com and, and just get it. Don't get the 10% off. Pay 100%. <laughs> Up to you. Nonetheless, you got the Shroom Tech. You got the Warrior Bars. It's like this dope thing as well. Look into that. Krill oil for your joints. <laughs> you get all that stuff. In my opinion, it helps. That's why. It's not like the... T- Beta Gin Power Gain 5000 where it doesn't help. This is the furrow kind that helps. Understood. There man. you go. We, we, we're we good with uh, you, bro, dude. I'm telling we everyone. Believe you. No, I'm telling everybody else. You're over here like, I already know this. I know you already know this, but you know, you got to put it into perspective sometimes. <laughs> you just certainly did. <laughs> on it.com slash Jocko. There's other things on there and it's, you can just kind of know, you know, like when you <laughs> When you when you get there, you're going crazy for on it right now. No, uh, here's the I, thing. I like on it. I'm going crazy. You for like it a lot more apparently tonight. Uh, yeah, because I do, <laughs> I do feel like if I would have known this, like what I'm saying now. Oh, like before, because I'm slowly getting new stuff. Of course, I got the worry bar and I took shroom tech before. I know that, but I'm like looking. They got a new like recovery, a pre workout and recovery drink. It's all in one, and I'm like, bro, if I would have known all this. I would have gotten and been in the game with this stuff a long time ago. So you're you're providing a public service. I'm taking right a stand right now. I'm letting it be known. All right. We're good. Anyway, 
I'm just going to sit over here. I'll tell you another one that I got off the record. Well, I guess it's on the record, but it's like a, it's not peanut butter. You know how they have almond butter? Yeah. But it's like an almond cashew. It's like a mixed nut butter. Mm-hmm. It's pretty dope. From on it? On it. You know? I might have to try that. Yeah. Nonetheless. Um, one of the major keys is that it's like legit quality. Get 10% off if you go to onit.com slash Jocko or just go to onit.com and get 0% off, whatever you like. Anyway, another way to support is the Amazon click-through. That's like what it is if you don't know. You go to our website, jockopodcast.com. Over on the side to the right, you'll see just a basic Amazon banner. You click through there before you do shopping, your Christmas shopping. Or your everyday shopping. And um, that kind of supports the podcast. It makes Amazon or Amazon gives us like a little kickback. That's a good way to support. I made the comparison to a little piece of sodium. It's like seems like this teeny tiny thing. Because just clicking through Amazon and shopping. what That's a teeny tiny three second effort. But it does a big deal. You know. As far as supporting. So be the, it means we don't have to run advertisements on the podcast. Yeah, which, which I which I don't believe. Probably in. gonna do it. Not gonna do it. Aside from on it, but technically that's well, yeah. Marketing. That's but, our, you know. But I was taking on it before this. Yeah. I'm telling you. Um. Anyway, but you know what? Hold on a second while we go to a commercial break. Yeah. You no, know, don't want to do that. Yeah. This <laughs> isn't even a commercial break. This is a. Part of the, this is the deal we're doing it all I'm gonna, together. I'm gonna if I th- remember to do this, I'm gonna do like fake commercials during the next podcast or like in a podcast in the future. I'm gonna do fake commercials and Bro. make everyone just suffer through fake commercials just to see how much it it's horrible. And then say if you never want to hear that again, click through <laughs> click Amazon. through Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good way though. Speaking of fake commercials, so I did these two fake commercials, made them videos. I've seen them. Bardis beer. I've and then there's Bardis Prime, which is like a 40 ounce. <laughs> it's a lot of racial stereotypes in that one, but nonetheless. Uh, back to the Amazon click-through thing. That's a good way to support. So be the be the sodium, if you, if you understand. Um, and of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. That's a, that's a big deal. Um, and leave a review, man, if you're in the mood. Do you read the reviews, Jocko? I, I do read the reviews. And what I noticed, I was I was looking at some other reviews today. Because I was reading, I read our reviews today to see if there was any good input. There was good stuff. Mm-hmm. I looked at other, what, what this kind of got me motivated to see is that the people that write our reviews, they're getting in the game. They're yeah. writing full paragraphs with detailed likes and pros and cons and all that. Mm-hmm. You go to some other people's that, that have feedback on theirs, and it's just two words. Good right. podcast. Or I love it. Yeah. I love it. Five stars. Yeah. That's I love it. Five stars is a lot different than someone saying, what I really like about the Jocko podcast is that they go into detail on these leadership elements that have helped me in the following ways. But And they yeah. go through the whole thing. Yeah. That's really good support the podcast. I'll tell you this about that because really, when you think about it, if if you're just like, and some of them are funny, by the way, yeah, <laughs> and the ones for for Jocko T that are on Amazon, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to figure out a way to publish those or do something <laughs> with them because some of them are are awesome. Yeah. Eric's Eric's was insane, but there's been a few of them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Those are good. 
Um, I retweeted a bunch of them. Yeah. So everybody, it's a little hard to retweet them. So I had to, mm-hmm. I have to figure out a way to retweet them better, like capture screenshot or something. But yeah, they're so yeah. good. They're so funny. <laughs> they, some of them are pretty wordsmith esque. Oh, some of them know? are long. Some yeah. of them it takes me, you know, f- six minutes to read it, and, and I want to actually <laughs> highlight stuff and take notes. But. Yeah, yeah, Adam, Adam, do the deal. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good. And well, it, when you think about it, it, even if if someone's in the mood to write a review and they're just like, "Heck yeah, great podcast, five stars," I say do that. That's true too. It doesn't have to be long. But you, what that is when people are like, "This is what I like about it," whatever. That's just all that is is the result of someone. Being in the mood to write a review and genuinely writing it. Mm. Freaking awesome. Beyond writing it, I'd say that qualifies as getting after it. Getting well. after it. Yeah. So, you know how you say unmitigated discipline in all things, or is it getting after it in all in things? Da- daily. You're missing the word daily. Daily. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Just yeah, unmitigated daily discipline in all things. Yep. And getting after it in all things as well. <laughs> I know that's new, but still, we're going with it. So, so yeah, man, write a review, subscribe to YouTube. We're doing some more videos on top of the podcast videos. Excerpts. Some excerpts. Tell Echo more. on Twitter what excerpts you want so he doesn't have to f- figure out what you want. Just tell him what you want. Give him the t- the podcast and the times time hack. He'll pull it out. He'll yeah. put it on there. Yeah, I will. Yeah, that's, that's I think, the... the Challenge, I think, is going back and finding them. Yes. But that, you know what? That's not a challenge. That's not a challenge. I, well, I it is It that. is a little bit because you might not, and something might not have struck you the way it struck oh, someone else. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And so if it's striking one person out there, it's probably striking at least two, four or five more people yeah. that want to hear that excerpt. Yeah. So let's give it to them. Yeah. So tell Echo, podcast number, timestamp. That would be easy for you, right? Yes. Because we don't want to stress you out. <laughs> no, don't stress the delicate. <laughs> We know you that know. you're sensitive to that. Except, we don't want to be disappointed in you. Except if you're Brady, Lisa, Debbie, Andy, anyone that we talk. Don't be like, hey, I like this timestamp because like, we said your name on the podcast. Make an excerpt. Don't say that. So those people kind of can't do that. Why not? All right. Well, I guess we're they, they should be. They're listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They probably have good input. Andy's one is going to be like a 20-second song. Hey, that part where you mentioned Good. This. 20 seconds is fine. This is what you need to understand, Echo. People want to watch stuff that's 20 seconds long. Uh-huh. They don't want to watch 29 minutes. That's why it's called an excerpt. Jocko, we got a store. <laughs> we do have a store. It's called Jocko's Store. Well, yeah, I know. We already knew this. But no real new developments there, really. But if you didn't know... That is a good way to support, and you get some stuff in return. So, boom, buy a shirt if you're down, if you like them. There's one with Jocko's face on it says, good. <laughs> Backwards. Backwards. So, if you look in the mirror, it's it's for you. That message is for you. <laughs> Layers. Anyway, um, yeah, look at, there's rash guards there. Rash guards are good for, you know, the jujitsu, for any physical activity where you need range of motion. Rash guards are good. They look good, too, according to people. Here's a tip for the rash guards. And I think for the shirts as well. If you're one of those in-betweeners, like that means your site, like, hey, I, use, I wear a large, but if it fits slim, I need an extra large, like that kind of people. It fits like this much slimmer. Know that. So if the you're rash an guard? in-betweener, everything, rash guard and the shirts. Go big. Go to the bigger size if you're Got an it. in-betweener. Got yeah, it. for sure. That's just a tip. Good advice. Because And that's good news for you, though. You know what? Out of the past 
39 minutes you've been talking about this way to support the podcast mm-hmm. that was the most important thing that you've said <laughs> <laughs> that was the valuable piece of information arguably yeah maybe. just saying over here i respect your opinion on the matter <laughs> this is women's stuff too don't neglect the ladies um this is in my opinion something that i overlooked if you want to support the podcast, you know, you know how it's like, oh, my girl's birthday is coming up. In this case, Christmas coming up. I only bought my wife one thing and it, was, it wasn't that good because I don't have that creative thing. If you're thinking that, get them a discipline equals freedom. Women's t-shirt, V-neck, <laughs> pink mm. or black or whatever the color you like. But there is pink if you want pink. Get them one of that. Against my. That's a, that'll have a two pronged effect. Boom, you get her a solid shirt that you didn't, you know, get at the swap meet. They're quality stuff. They're, they're good shirts. You know, we made it a point to get the good ones. You got a good quality shirt, and she became instantly in the game. <laughs> Two-pronged effect. So get that for your wife, if you want. That's a suggestion. And three-pronged effect. Support the podcast. Boom, there it is. Some hoodies in there as well for the cold weather. And, uh, yeah, some patches. The official, like, two-by-three tan mm-hmm. FD. Flat, dark earth color. Official. Wear with your uniform. Boom. <laughs> Available now. As they say. Anyway, Um. Also, we got Jocko White Tea. Now, <laughs> Jocko White Tea is in apparently extremely high demand. Why? Because yes. it tastes awesome and it also makes you feel good. And it's got antioxidants, which makes you healthier. Yes. And I'm not going to use any scientific terms. I'm just going to tell you. Straight up. <laughs> so it's been it's been in high demand. We have logistical issues, right? Straight up. So it's showing up at Amazon. It's getting going through their system. Just keep checking. And we've got. I told I told everyone that we would never run out of white tea again. <laughs> <laughs> this was a mistake. Yeah, yeah promptly. I did not understand the logistic challenges that we would be facing. Now. I have not even doubled down, not even tripled down. I have quadrupled down to make the future (laughs) bright. We will get to a point in the future where we will literally never run out of Jocko White tea. (laughs) But for now, we, but for now, um, Keep checking back on Amazon. Sign up for the little notification thing because when we, when they clear it through their little system, it shows up and everyone that has the notification is buying it immediately. So it's running out. The other day it was up for 18 minutes or something. It was gone. Wait, what notification? Oh, Amazon. On Amazon. Yeah, okay. You can sign up for notify me when this is back in stock. Gotcha, yeah. So when that happens, boom, you can order it immediately. The mugs, the mugs that say get after it on them and that have a little uh, approved symbol with someone's head that looks a lot like me on it. <laughs> You can get those on Amazon as well. And they're big. They're bigger than normal because bigger, that way you can fit more white tea in it Mm -hmm. and be more better. (laughs) And you can get those. Those are also same thing on Amazon. Again, I apologize. But the way the system works, they're coming in, they show up, and and then they take a certain amount of them and put them into the system. But then they don't realize yet at Amazon, Amazon doesn't, they're not in the game yet, to be quite honest with you. They're not in the game. They don't understand what's happening. We're trying to explain it to them that people want mugs. They want, when they want 
mugs. They also want tea to put into the mugs. We're getting there. Same thing. Logistically, we'll get to a point where we will, where we will n- not run out of mugs. Now, I don't know. The mugs will keep making forever. I don't know because once everyone has one, then they'll say, okay, I got mine, so then we'll stop making them. Mm-hmm. But you can get them on Amazon. You can get the tea on Amazon. You can get the reload, which is 100 bags. You can get the tin, which is quality container that you can then reload with the reload. So do that. That's on Amazon.com. Uh, also, extreme ownership, muster number two in where? New York City. It's going to be May 4th and May 5th, www.extremeownership.com. Go get registered. Do it fast. The price does go up the closer we get to the date. So A, I don't want you to pay more. B, it's going to sell out. So the faster you do it, the, the better chance you have of going and of paying a lower price. When we get there, if you're thinking that I'm not gonna sit there and talk to you and I'm not gonna sign your book and Leif's not gonna sit there and talk to you and Leif's not gonna sign your book, you're wrong. We're gonna sit there, we're gonna sign your book, we're gonna talk to you, we're gonna address your problems, we're gonna hang out. We didn't go behind the curtain nope. at all. Zero times. Actually, we did one. When the thing was over, we walked back off stage, off off the off the stage, and behind the curtain for about three minutes because mm. we were a little bit fired up at that point. We just walked back there and decompressed. Mm. Then came out and started signing books. So that was one time. But the rest of the time, oh, we'd say, okay, everyone, take a, a ten minute break. We'd go to the front and sign books, right? Boom, mm. or talk to people, or address something, or whatever. So. This isn't a, a thing where you go and we're gonna be uh, you know behind the curtain and come out like I'm a rock star and I'm not a rock star. Mm. I'm not a, I'm not nothing. And the, my purpose of being here is to hang out. So that's why we're going to the muster. That's why we're having the muster. So come to the muster, New York City. Come and hang out. You're gonna learn something. I'm gonna learn something. Oh yeah. We're all gonna learn something. And you're gonna meet a bunch of people that are. I hate using this term. Bunch of people that are like-minded, right? Because really, can two minds be alike? No, they can't be. But can two people, three people, 300, 450 people that are going to be in New York City that all want to get after it, can they be there? Yes, they can. And they will. In force. Until we get to the muster. In the meantime, if you want to talk to us, it just so happens that we're all up in the interwebs. On Twitter on Instagram, and as you might have sensed, we also on that Facebooky boha. Echo. <laughs> Echo is at Echo Charles, and I am at Jocko Willink. And to wrap this up, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening for the past year. 52 straight weeks, no breaks. But I want to say this. I want to tell you something else. And I want to make this clear. Don't just listen. Don't just listen. Do. I'm, I'm not just talking. So you know, I'm not just talking. I'm doing. And I don't want you to just listen, put this information to work. 
make today count every day go forward get aggressive and attack whether it's on the battlefield or on the beat or in the factory or on the farm or on the construction site or on the website in the garage or in the firehouse don't hesitate step step forward and get after it so until next time this is echo and jocko out